0: welcome auburn into the wednesday edition of sports call live on
1: tiger 95.9 the Tiger tiger.fm and the tiger communications app my name is ryan laboy i'm the host of this show today on the show with me got cam Barry and tom Peavy. got tp hammock running the board for us here at least to start the show our board our man. great intern uh for the summer so uh he's gonna be fielding some of your phone calls on the auburn bank phone line today and of course we're excited to have another sports call here for you this afternoon we're going to recap the vast amount of failures that happened with thunder chicken softball last (laughs) night Uh, It uh, it went kind of as expected, which was, of course, still disappointing, but nevertheless, (laughs) not great. Uh, We also disappointed, but not surprised. Yes, uh, we'll also talk uh, some ACC-SEC challenge. We (laughs) got the SEC basketball schedule revealed a couple of days ago and now a part of the non-conference revealed probably the marquee matchups so we'll go through the ACC SEC Challenge a little bit in 2024 uh, in just a, a little bit uh, we'll also talk some more baseball as the Braves continue to win baseball games they've won two since we were last on air the, the old night game into an early day game two more victories for the Braves they stay scorching hot and of course we'll update you on anything and everything in the sports world as always again Ryan, Cam, and and Tom with you here on this Wednesday game. We'll start with you. Uh, enjoyed having you for the Thunder Chickens, at least the first game last night, yeah. and uh, good to have you on the show again.
2: Yeah, glad to be here. Um, hopefully I get a little bit more playing time with the Thunder Chickens, uh, some more time, to those 8.30 uh, starts are just a little too late for you boy when you got to get up at three <laughs> thirty every morning so uh, hopefully Oof. hopefully a little bit more uh 30 yeah
3: yes.
2: yeah yeah um hopefully gotta um be able to get us some earlier games gotta talk to this whoever's making those schedules so i can play both games whenever we do it um but yeah doing great um i guess first time on the show since hawks traded john collins so you know, that's something that's big news considering I'm a pretty, pretty big Hawks fan, I'd say. Um, And so, yeah, I'm going to miss John Collins. uh, Pretty, pretty bummed about that, about that trade. Uh, Definitely can't wait to talk about this uh, SEC, ACC challenge. Um, I'm a little underwhelmed with some of the matchups, so definitely want to get into that. um, And, and, you know talk about where where they just went wrong with some of these matchups but yeah doing great on a wednesday uh braves now have the the greatest uh the, the best win percentage in the mlb with their uh sweep of the twins today um so yeah it, it's it's great
3: i'm doing great and uh ready to get the show going
1: tom pv also on the show today tom Ooh. how are you doing
3: i i'm good still uh still a little tired from that whole 50 hour work week i guess that i guess you could say a work week but uh I'm am doing great. Uh it was nice to be out there with the Thunder Chickens and kind of knock the rust off. Get a couple of hits there in the uh in that second game. So uh yeah, doing great. And uh yeah, happy for the Braves, man. They're they're just they're they're red hot. and, I mean, really they've been red hot all season. So uh hopefully there's not a a lull in there somewhere cuz I mean, right now they're just playing incredible baseball. So yeah, a lot, lot to talk about and a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Absolutely.
1: And we will get into uh, this ACC and SEC stuff in just a few minutes. I uh, want to real briefly, though, at the beginning, go ahead and recap the disaster last night. Two run rule victories. Uh, your Thunder Chickens were, were not very good. I think it was, what was it, 14 to 2 or 14 to 2 in the two. first one and then 19 to 4? Five? Five. In the second one. Yeah, I'm already trying to erase it from my memory, honestly. Uh, more of the same for us. Um, I think that uh, we got to mention Van Cathcart for a solo home run. We asked Ferg uh, yesterday uh, over under one and a half home runs. So good, good start on the home run <laughs> yeah. department. Got to right. mention Tom for a couple hits in the game two, a couple yep. nice line drives. Um, got to mention myself for going on the Marcela Zuna plan uh, <laughs> after hitting 500 last year to lead the team. I'm 0 for 4 uh, to start this year. And, uh, not, I'm not very good right now, so hopefully for one, hopefully, so. May and June are coming soon for me. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, some of the guys in the bottom of the order only got hit one time per game because we only had four innings for show. Huge
3: well, that was game. the thing. I only got – well, hitting in the six hole, I only was able to hit once in the in first, first game. game. Yeah, I hit That's what one, two runs will do. Yeah, yeah. 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 I hit one time <laughs> in the first game and almost was about to only hit one time in the second game, but I, I was able to come up and get a hit there in the very last inning before it – Run, rule this, but uh, eh, yeah, I mean, it's what it is,
1: yeah. Uh, we did play two of the teams that we played for a couple years now. How,
3: how about one of our, our new guys? You got to give a shout out to uh, to Dylan Gaster, uh, a, a head first, <coughs> excuse me. what it was a double that he had where he slid head first. Yep. Oh, no, no. he got a double the ball got away and then he went to third and it was kind of getting to be a close play oh, in the
2: first game. And so yeah. yeah,
3: so he head first slides into third base. You don't see a lot of sliding out there nope. but I mean he 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 gave it all. Head first slide into third base and then later in the game or in the second game uh he had moved over to third base and uh makes a diving stop of a of a hard grounder, flips over onto his back and from his rear end throws over to second base for a force out nice it's like wow dude hey, yeah his, the whole his in, hustling his entire jersey front and back was just completely covered, covered in dirt covered yeah. in dirt from where he was just laying out for everything I mean, yeah so smart. again
1: we we've added another player to again that i think uh makes the lineup a little bit longer and and gives us a shot and our defense in the first game was pretty good it was the second game where it started to, to go awry and uh, had uh, several infield errors and that sort of thing. I misplayed one off the wall, even uh, one hit over Van's head on the wall, and uh, it just uh, it it's it. Sometimes you give up six, seven run innings. It kind of yeah.
3: well, and, and and you know, and then the other thing they scored a run, and it this is where I I so J uh, JJ put me at catcher for the second game, which I still haven't quite figured that out. I but that's neither here nor we were, there. We were
1: trying different things. Yeah. <laughs>
3: We'll talk I'll, – I'll talk to J.J. about that. Um, but uh, there was a, a, a pop fly, just a pop fly to right field, and it sacrificed the guy in from second. But then our, our guys just kind of lackadaisically getting the ball in and then miss, you know, a throw to a guy, and he just – it misses it, and the guy scores all the way from second. So it's like, I mean, a guy tagged up from third, but then a guy tagged up from second and scored – on a softball field, on a shallow pop fly to to right field because our guys are just not getting the ball in. Yeah, that's the that's Thunder Chicken softball.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, so obviously got to be better. Rough, uh, rough first one, uh, rough first night. But again, those two teams have been really good, and I don't know. It's uh, it could be a long season. We're gonna. It could be. <laughs> it's going to be a long season, and. We are still going to try to meet some objectives. Uh, Brooks Shields had a base hit last night, so proud of him for He's that. A doll. And, and uh, again, yeah, I'm just going to uh, think for two weeks about being 0 for four because we we don't play July 4th, oh, and yeah, it's going finish, to eat at so. me for the next 12 to 13 days. So that's that, no big deal there. So you um, get some new jerseys though, right? Uh, do you have some new jerseys? They're they're going to be so same color, but they're going to have a different logo on them, basically. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, it's vastly more expensive to add color to the jerseys, like yeah, to yeah. the tune of like 20 more dollars <laughs> per Sheesh. deal there. So uh, we were not doing that. <laughs> oh, <No> great. Just <laughs> we, a regular T-shirt. Yeah. Are they dry fit? No? no dry. Uh, fit. I think it is a different material. Oh. It is a different material. It oh, oh,
3: looks a little bit lighter, though. I'll our our Thunder Chicken T-shirts are rather thick when you're out yeah. there playing in that. In the uh, well, it, summertime. Builds,
1: it builds character. Builds character, huh? builds character. <laughs> builds character. <laughs> builds character. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and take our first break of the show today. When we come back from this uh, break, we'll we'll get to our Auburn phone line. We'll also start to break down the ACC and SEC challenge. As again, a lot of matchups given today. Of course, not. Uh, Not giving uh, away everything right now, but uh, some some disappointing things, I think. So we're going to go take our first break right now. Back with more of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show right after the break.
0: May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is Hi, my name is Hi, my name is, my name is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Travon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player,
4: and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday. As we talked, uh, or at least uh, mentioned a little bit about before the break, SEC-ACC matchups were revealed for 2023-24 basketball season. They're going to take place in 2023, technically, on November the 28th through November, uh, what, 30th here, uh, with a slew of matchups. Of course, the first year of the ACC versus SEC challenge. And um, this formerly had been SEC versus Big 12 and then ACC versus Big 10, but kind of aligning with the media rights deals that are coming to fruition where ESPN has the SEC and ACC now. They no longer will have Big 10 rights moving forward. They obviously wanted to change uh, alignments here so that there could be um, th- there could be something that they could put on their network right. similar to what they've done with SEC Big Ten Challenge. Auburn gets Virginia Tech. That is going to be a Wednesday night game uh, starting at 8:15 inside of Neville Arena. So it is a home game for Auburn. I'll give brief thoughts and give you guys the floor for a moment. I am, uh, I'm not thrilled about this, yeah. to be honest with you. There's nothing overly appealing about it. Uh, there are four, five, six other teams in the league that would have made more sense or been more appealing at the least. And I understand that Auburn was probably not going to get North Carolina or Duke just because you're trying to make it the most prestigious matchups there in those cases. But (laughs) uh, I think Auburn versus Virginia would have made a lot of sense. Absolutely. Rematch. Uh, A rematch of of a Final Four game from 2019. Heck, even Auburn versus Miami made would have been a little bit more yeah, fun right. than Virginia Tech. So uh, I'm not thrilled about this, honestly. It's uh, it's pretty close to a nothing game, and regardless of Auburn winning it or not, it's just not not the type of resume boosting experience or or high profile game that um, that you're going to covet. For example, uh, other eight fifteen games that night. There's going to be Boston College for uh, Vanderbilt. They'll be stuck somewhere else. Georgia, Florida State. But the the big eight fifteen game that night will be Duke at Arkansas. So I'm promising you Auburn's not going to get ESPN for that. Uh, maybe they'll get ESPN2 or SEC Network or right. something. But, right. uh, but guys, I mean, I, I, I'm already sensing agreement here. Uh, how disappointing is it that uh, Auburn has is, is only got Virginia Tech?
2: Yeah, it's pretty disappointing in my opinion. Uh, Again, you said it right, Ryan. It's just nothing. It's not really a resume-boosting game. Uh, You would have liked to have had Virginia um, come to this Come come to Neville Arena because you know that environment would have been absolutely jumping just based off how that 2019 game went, um, and and you know everybody has a sentiment that um, Ty Jerome double dribbled and all those different things. Just uh, there's a lot there that really could have you you could have played off of if you were um, you know whoever decided. I think ESPN picked these matchups, um, and you know just not not really great overall. Uh, very very underwhelming matchups um if you're Auburn you know again this is just not really anything um you know matchups as well with Alabama and Clemson that's also not really just as much of an interesting matchup you know Alabama did win the conference last year would have liked to have seen them you know potentially play uh the likes of Duke um that Arkansas Duke game will be will be good of course uh but I I would have been more interested to see Alabama play Duke um and and um uh, go to uh, Duke go to Tuscaloosa um, Kentucky uh, would have liked to have seen them play maybe North Carolina just kind of those big time super marquee matchups um, and so that's kind of where where I stand on it I just think they missed the mark on a decent amount of these um, they they just kind of seemed like almost they almost picked at random outside of the Duke and maybe Arkansas game um, and and the Tennessee North Carolina game um, they they couldn't they just didn't try to follow any storylines or anything like that that would have made these matchups much more intriguing. So that's kind of where my thought process is on on the ACC <laughs> SEC match uh,
3: challenge. I I think the biggest my biggest takeaway from it on the Auburn side is it kind of shows you where uh, people are looking at Auburn's program right now, just of, of where it is, where it ranks uh, among the elites. Because I mean. This what i'm looking at i mean they, they've they got you know a, a a poll here so you know it's like number three duke at number 11 arkansas and it says the team rankings reflect those in Parish's latest top 25 and and one so you've got three against 11 duke versus arkansas you've got 10 versus 17 miami versus kentucky uh 14 versus 22 in tennessee versus north carolina and then, uh number 15 texas a&m uh at virginia uh and so I think it just kinda shows where people look at Auburn right now. I I don't think that they're really giving Auburn much thoughts as as like a national power or anything, and so therefore they're not gonna match them with somebody who is considered a national power and so then you get uh you you kinda get that that type of matchup with Virginia Tech and you know? uh you know, I don't know why they they picked Virginia Tech and not some of these others that are on here. But
2: yeah, it should you know have know. been Virginia. It, it really, it yeah. should have been Virginia.
3: But see, they've got so they got A and M, uh, who was ranked number fifteen, matched up with Virginia.
2: I mean, they should have literally just switched Texas A and M Virginia Tech and Virginia and, and Auburn. Right. That should have been the matchup. I agree. It, it's, it's just just yeah, just, no. just misses. Just just not. I I don't know. You know, maybe it's. I feel as though it might have been a common sense thing, but obviously it's just, you know, in terms of background and, and like I said, storylines. I mean, that's really what it is. If you want to create good atmospheres for these basketball games, you know, I feel like you should look into the history of the two programs. And you're set, when you're setting this whole thing up, you should take a step back, look, and see, okay – well, you know that Virginia and Auburn played in twenty nineteen. That was a that was a great game. I mean, everybody remembers right. that game. It came down to the very last second in three free throws. Like it you know, different things like that you just kinda have to take into consideration in my opinion. I, I don't even think it matters in terms of the national how how these teams are you know, how they view Auburn or or in terms of a different, you know, programs and different things like that. But yeah, so it's just it is a little frustrating in my opinion. I just don't think that they did a good job with this selection. I just don't think yeah. they did.
3: I, you know, and I, you know, aside from Virginia Tech, I could also you could also make a case for Auburn versus Syracuse because uh, back when uh, Auburn almost beat Carmelo Anthony in Syracuse in right. the NCAA tournament before they went on to win the national title, I think Syracuse uh, beat Auburn by like maybe one point. Yeah, up there, and it was it was. Somewhere up around – it was not in Syracuse because, I mean, obviously NCAA tournament, but it was somewhere up around right. that. Maybe yeah. Buffalo or something. An area like, where
2: there's a lot of high concentration of probably Syracuse yes, fans. Yes, <laughs> there have been
3: like a, a vast amount of Syracuse fans. And Auburn almost beat uh, Carmelo Anthony and the orange that that day. So, I mean, you can make a case for that one. Yeah, but, I mean, it, like I said, it, it feels like – it feels like whoever put it together, like, all right, who are our marquee SEC teams? Who are our marquee ACC teams? That's who we need to match up. Then the rest of this, let's kind of draw out of a hat and see what we get. Well, and, and that's why I say Auburn is not considered in that marquee group of teams, and so, therefore, they're just kind of left down there with, right, let's let's just kind of at random figure out who we want to pair them up with.
1: Well, and, you know, with the Syracuse bit, too. I mean, Auburn just played them two years ago with uh, Jabari Smith. And, that's true. Yeah. And the Kessler team. And uh, – Grandpa had some sort of <laughs> I remember that. statement about yeah, yeah, Jabari yeah, yeah, Smith. Yeah. And, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, so, because well, Jabari is staring him down. Right. It's like, okay, that's, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, so there's even that recent part to it. And again, if you're going, it, I, I honestly, and look, Virginia Tech is still a little better program than this. And, and, uh, You know they they're usually in the bubble or thereabouts, and they've made several tournaments in the last ten years, that sort of thing. But like, if you're going to start to get towards the middle to bottom of the SEC or ACC, play Auburn and Georgia Tech at that point. If you're going to get that, if you're going to start to go down down the rabbit hole a little bit. And you're gonna play a lesser team, at least make it geographically responsible or something where people could find a way to care about it. Yeah. But it, like I'm sorry,
2: I don't mean <laughs> go to interrupt. Yeah. Why is Georgia not playing Georgia Tech? That that
3: well they might play. I think they they normally play every yeah. year. Do they? They, they're they're not, does Arizona Florida
2: special. State play Florida every year?
1: You Ooh. I mean, not every year, but they I think they played like last year. They okay. they they play a lot. Gotcha. I okay, mean not okay, be every okay. year.
2: I was gonna say th- those are just matchups that in my opinion make sense. They're already Rivalry games, right? You I know,
1: mean,
2: yeah. Obviously,
1: though, with these teams and these conferences, but they're trying to mix it's it up such and, a football rivalry, right? With some of these things that the basketball is take takes a backseat for some programs, for sure. for sure. But I mean, again, you'll you'll and you'll switch this around. Like Auburn's not played Virginia Tech four out of five years. Like it's not going to go like that. Right. They're they're going to mix some matchups. But I get the Kentucky element of it because you also say, well, why is Kentucky play Miami? Well. The reason they're playing Miami is they play Carolina and Duke pretty frequently. It's yeah. every two or three years that they end up playing both of them because Kentucky is in that Champions Classic that, that starts the year, so right. they rotate amongst four teams. And they're in the CBS Sports Classic, which rotates involving Carolina and then UCLA and one other team, obviously. So they play Duke and, and, and Carolina – a couple, I mean, every couple of years. So I can see why that's not happening. So then logically, you go to that next year and it's like, okay, Miami or Virginia for them. And so they've got Miami and Miami's had a, a nice run with Larry Vegas. Right. So ma- that makes sense. But then, you know, they still found, I think, worthwhile matchups for Carolina Duke with Tennessee, who's been regular, regular season wise awesome right. for several years. And then Arkansas, who has been good under Muscleman and, and Duke going to Arkansas uh is going to be a really fun game. Yeah, well, so absolutely. I I think that they they still did those the right way, but then you go to that next year games it's like okay, well, maybe they're thinking football with like Alabama Clemson. <laughs> like like I don't know, you know, it, Clemson's okay. They're not NIT I don't think they're going to be good this year. Probably not. Right. They lost Tyson, they yeah. lost some other stuff. So I mean, Brad, Brad Brownell's good for usually being right. a, around the bubble, but again, yeah. it's not it's not what Alabama's going to yeah. be next year. Uh and then the missed opportunity. Look, heck, this is for this year, so you don't have to worry about this for the future. You could have played Texas A and Virginia Tech, because of the Buzz Williams bit, yeah. you know, and having been at Virginia Tech, so exactly. that would have been an easy flip, as you talked about a moment ago. And then that gives Auburn, Virginia, and you know, Virginia is uh, certainly a, a one of the higher up SEC or ACC teams, but Auburn is one of the higher up SEC teams right now. So yeah. uh, they they miss some opportunities there. Uh, for sure, and I'm just I'm not uh, I'm not very appeased by it overall. I think that they they did a pretty poor underwhelmed. job. Underwhelmed, yeah, underwhelmed. Again, a couple of the the top games are good, but uh, Once you get again, on
2: down, it's just not going to be as
1: interesting. Whereas
2: I feel like you could have had instead of let's say one two three matchups that are truly intriguing, you probably could have had like five or six that were
1: truly intriguing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um I don't know, the bottom of the leagues. It, something small like and again, you could say to a degree, who cares? But like Boston College and Vanderbilt, okay, it could have been like I don't know if you wanted to go the academics route you could Vandy, have gone. Vandy Georgia Tech. Exactly. Exactly. Could have gone Vandy Georgia Tech, you know. So I don't I don't think they thought everything through, but here we are and, and that's what it is. So Auburn will play Virginia Tech in the ACC SEC Challenge, and again, that's going to be on the Wednesday night. It's going to be uh, at 8.15 inside of Neville Arena. We're going to take our next time out of the show. When we come back, we're going to go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: To join our conversation, tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and All SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday. Coming up a little bit later, we'll do birthdays and sports. Also a little bit about the Atlanta Braves. Basically the halfway point of the season, 80 games in now. Uh, for the Braves. We'll talk a little bit about them at really the halfway point in just a little bit. But for now, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. First up on the show today. Lord Damn Steve. Retired Lord Damn Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing today?
5: I'm doing good, guys. Um, Cam, are you awake? I am awake. Okay, boy. It sounds like you had a, a, a rough uh, wake up there. Uh, what time of your game Does the games end?
2: Oh, uh, usually around nine thirty. But I didn't go to the uh, I didn't go to the late game tonight uh, last night for the Thunder Chickens. I I ended up having to leave early because I get up so early. So yeah, wow. Um, yeah,
5: that's an early wake up call. Yeah. So guys, you uh, the Thunder Chickens have my condolences. I was hoping you wouldn't be rule. I was I'm going to ask you, but gee, uh, it it uh, starts off kind of a uh, not too good, huh?
3: Well I mean it so uh the in the first game the first pitch the guy hits a uh, for their team hits a fly out so we had one pitch one out then they proceeded to score nine runs I think it was uh it, but I mean the the first team that we played was like legit like travel softball guys and I mean they were just blistering the ball into gaps where you just couldn't get to it the other team uh you know they they had some Lesser-than hitters, but they also had one dude that hit a, a grand slam. Like, I mean, just an absolute tank of a bomb uh, for a grand slam, and he almost hit two other home runs uh, throughout the game. Okay, so,
5: so what pitcher was responsible for, for these abomination runs?
3: Well, well, so here's the thing. It, it's unlike baseball. I mean, it's slow-pitch softball. You're supposed to put it to where they hit it, so you can't really blame the pitcher. Now, if if we were walking in – uh, you know, if it was a carousel of walks, then that's on the pitcher. But uh, you know, when it comes to the hitting, uh, I mean, that, you just play teams that can hit the ball. Um, but I mean, okay, Jay, JJ JJ pitched the first game, and then uh, Brandon pitched the second game. Brandon pitched the okay, second game.
5: So. so it's on the hitters. Yeah, is that you, Tom and Brian? Who, who's it on?
3: Uh,
1: well, we all hit, and um, well, I, it's I like a thirteen lineup. We're 13-person lineup. Yeah,
3: I, I, went, I went two for two in the second game. I only batted one time in the first game because we couldn't get back to me in the lineup. That's how bad we were at the so plate.
5: Everyone equally sucked?
3: Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I mean, yeah, I, I had a rough
1: night, and a lot of people did.
5: Okay, see you sucking. Uh, <laughs> this uh, ACC thing really sucks. I heard your comments, guys, and, you know, Tom, uh, I was taken aback, back, uh, really, by your comment that uh, this is due this matchup – Due to us not being, uh, I guess, acknowledged nationally as being a upper tier uh, basketball program, uh, what would lead you to that conclusion, and why would that even be thought of? I mean, we have been made to the NCAA tournament uh, rather than regularly, consecutively, uh, and we've made it through the first round. So, why would they be dismissive of, of Auburn's basketball program?
3: I I think they're. I think they're. Well, I mean it seems like at the beginning of every season the the national media is dismissive of the program and then they get proven wrong so
5: we're waiting for
3: that though well i mean i don't I, I mean it's because of auburn's lack of history in in basketball i mean they've had some good times here of late but uh you know it, it's still not thought of on a national media scale as a duke north carolina uh you know Virginia right now. Uh, you know they're just they, they're just not looked at as, as that type of a program.
2: And I don't even but think ADL? I don't, I don't
6: is being looked at like that though. I
3: don't think that they were being
2: dismissive of Auburn when they are trying to put together these matchups. I think at the top they tried to do as best as they could to create interesting matchups. But I think overall they just they just missed on. How how they wanted to create these matchups. I I literally I don't think they were trying to be dismissive or anything like that. I think they missed on narrative. I think they missed on on the storylines behind any of these matchups that could have happened. Um, I I just don't think they took into account any of that. I mean, I, you know, it almost looks like it was at random. Um, I don't think they were trying to be as dismissive as it looks. Um, so that that's just my opinion on it.
5: Well, camp you guys and me included. Could have come up with a better matchup. Okay, I, I, I definitely agree. Put, I could have come up with either Auburn Virginia or Auburn or Miami versus what they came up with. And let me ask you guys: Do you have any any clue as to do? Do, do the coaches have any input in this? Because they have a challenge opponents that know made playing that that matchup, or it was just a done deal by ESPN.
2: Uh, done deal by ESPN. Yeah. Yeah, they they oh, picked all of these. Who are those
5: people? Yeah, I mean, find
2: out? yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I told, like I said, you know, it just doesn't seem like they just knew the the history or anything that any of these matchups could have really entailed. I, I in my opinion, they could have just done a lot better. You know, instead of t- instead of three matchups that are interesting in Miami and in Kentucky. Tennessee and North Carolina and Duke and and Arkansas. They could have had five to six actually interesting matchups that would have really created some interest in this SEC-ACC matchup. Maybe even
1: seven.
5: Are we ranked at all uh, in the top 25 for the preseason basketball at all?
1: Yeah, they they really haven't come out yet officially. They they won't come out probably until August. The projections say that Auburn will be – Probably just on the outside of the top twenty-five, from what I'm looking yeah. at. I was thinking that they would end up being somewhere in the high teens, early twenties. But from every I, when I see everyone's way too early, top twenty-five, and that sort of thing, I always see Auburn like in the high twenties, low thirties. So just just up missing out on it.
5: Gee, based on what on what metrics, guys?
1: Well, I mean that Auburn was essentially not a top twenty-five team last year and that uh, with Wendell Green Jr. departing, who was second team all SEC, Alan Flanagan, who was the fourth best player on the team and a starter, and just some of the unknowns with the transfer portal guys. Now, look, that that's always going to exist with various teams across the country. Obviously, Arkansas has a ton of guys coming in, Alabama, that sort of thing. But really, uh, even though we've talked them up and, and we certainly feel good about a lot of them outside of, of Denver Jones uh, and, and maybe Chad Baker-Mazar, there's really not – uh, high-profile tr- uh, profile transfers coming into Auburn. So Auburn's going to be relying on uh, what, again, ultimately, I think it's a very high ceiling at point guard, but an unproven group of point guards. And then, again, some transfer guys that, that are not as highly rated as some other teams' guys.
5: Okay, enough said. Rankings don't determine outcomes. So uh, moving, moving on, guys. Um, you know, I listened to the uh, podcast earlier uh, today, uh, that you had with Justin Ferguson's uh, segment. I really enjoyed his insights and your comments, guys. And he uh, came across as uh, one of the things that I, I think I recall that he's been apparently I guess, uh, somewhat impressed by uh, is uh, Coach Freeze's honesty. And I thought about that and thought about you too, Cam, because you know I'm still not uh, completely uh, gung-ho on, uh, on Freeze because of his lack of honesty. I thought, how... How interesting, you know, and ironic that he mentions honesty because this guy, you know, was not the uh, uh, the the, the, uh, the poster boy for being honesty when he was a coach at uh, um, at Ole Miss or even uh, at uh, his previous college. Uh, and uh, I thought it was interesting that, that he brought that that comment up that what's impressive about his honesty. What what you guys make of that uh, insight that he used that word with freeze?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously we're, we're talking about the, the, the football side of things, and right. and, and I, I agree with what Ferg said, because reading the comments that I've read, and I've not been around as much as Ferg has, but uh, from what I've read, like, like, Hugh Freeze has said some honest things about places where Auburn is struggling right now, places that Auburn needs to improve on, the recruiting classes are the most important, and, and that sort of thing, and 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 look that that shouldn't be like shocking news, but sometimes coaches maybe sugarcoat it a little bit more, or or try and talk up a different position group or that sort of thing. But you know, Freeze has, has clearly made some comments about what position groups at times have been a little bit behind and where he needs to see more from, and then again talking about as 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 many guys as they've gotten into campus already off the 23 class and some portal guys, like those are still not ultimately all the guys that are going to factor in long-term to, to determine if Auburn is successful. A lot of that's going to be the 2024 and, and 25 class. So I think he's kind of just referring to that That free seems to be identifying the problems and be understanding what we'll need to improve here in the next few years.
5: Well, I focus on the guys because uh, in my previous before I retired uh, work history, as you know, I was a mental health professional, and uh, one of the things that research has shown, and I've experienced in my uh, work as a uh, therapist, is that uh, habits don't just somehow magically go away, good or bad habits. And uh, for, you know, that comment to be made that he, uh, you know, just was uh, really remarkable about his honesty. Well, you know, bad habits like his lack of honesty uh, previously uh, in... uh, the college football world, Old Miss and uh, Liberty, you know, they just don't go away, so I'm hoping like heck, I'm talking to you too, Cam, that this uh, honesty that he's been known for recently by Justin and maybe yourselves too is an indication that uh, he's trying to break some seriously bad habits. So that's that's why I took from that. That's why I even brought it up, guys. So, um, going on, I heard your report card grade. Uh, most of my I thought had a good deal of merit to them, and speaking of uh, the recruiting with four-car grades, I saw some uh, uh, VIP scoops today from a guy named Philip Dukes, I know if he's on Auburn 247, and apparently we're in the hunt for several five-star people, one of them being Demarcus Riddick, and uh, he believes the buzz he says around uh, Demarcus Riddick is that it's an Iron Bowl battle. No longer Georgia is in the mix, it's between us and uh, Alabama, and he said it probably won't be uh, determined until actual signing day. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Wasn't he Isn't he still committed to Georgia? I think Riddick's still committed to Georgia right now.
5: Well, yeah, yeah. But it says uh, Auburn is picking up steam, and depending on who you ask, Georgia could be running third with a five-star athlete is what he says. This looks like to be an iron bow battle at the time <coughs> being with sources at Auburn being cautiously optimistic going down to signing day. And if he shows up for Big Cat Weekend, he says, that would be telling.
1: So, yeah, I mean, look, I, those recruiting guys, they follow that much closer than I. I don't have some scoop that they don't have. And, and look, I, I'll trust that clearly Auburn's been, do, Auburn's been doing tremendous work on all of these guys, whether they land all of them or some of them. I think they will ultimately get a couple of these big guys just because they've been putting in – uh, tremendous effort, and and they have a lot of positive momentum. But with Riddick again, he is, I did confirm he is still committed to Georgia. And, and look, they might be they might be third. I don't know. But clearly, right now on a piece of paper, they're first because he committed to them. And it also kind of shows us the lack of value in a commitment these days. And, and we've had these conversations on the show in recent weeks because a commitment just doesn't mean a whole lot. So again, like that's why sometimes we don't spend an exorbitant amount of time on it and maybe to some degree not even exorbitant amount of time on guys that committed to auburn because these guys are so liable to flip uh even up until signing day so look even I, with a tattoo uh even with tattoos so i look i, I i'm sure that riddick uh and auburn are, are definitely auburn's very involved uh and I, I know that a lot of people are going to be involved with him because he is a, a five-star player according to most services but uh, again, I, I, I don't know how to handicap it other than to tell you that teams are recruiting him incredibly hard, but as of today, he is committed to Georgia.
5: Right. And um, he, one other one uh, uh, Duke uh, talks about, he says, quote, Sources at Auburn continue to feel good about five-star receiver in Alabama commit, Harry Thompson. You guys um, have heard anything differently or, or not?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I we, we know that a week or two ago that Thompson said that Auburn had pulled even in his mind. Again, another sign of the times that he is committed, yet he feels like there's a race and that Auburn is tied with the team that, in theory, he's committed to. But I, I know that, again, this kind of all it, – it's all coming together and that everyone is kind of trending in a positive momentum. Now, I will say this, and – and uh, this applies i like to say this about nfl training camps. sometimes everyone feels good about the visit that they just took like like no one no school and, and no players for the most part are going be like yeah you know what that visit was just awful and now we feel awful about everything like most kids enjoy their visits both schools think that they're making progress and so we do have to be very careful about it sometimes because uh, again, you're going to put a positive word out there the vast majority of the time. There's not a bunch of kids to be like, yeah, we we only had good visits to one out of eight schools. Therefore, we went to that one school. Like, no, these kids have good visits just about everywhere. I mean, they get wined and dined, and they, they have a great experience. So uh, I do want to be cautious with that. But with Thompson, it is a little more concrete. When you hear him say out of his mouth, like, Alabama and Auburn now running even. Like you want to take that uh, at more face value than just having a positive visit. So I feel
5: yeah, why would you
1: say that? Right. So I, I I feel I feel pretty good that, that Auburn's got a true fifty-fifty shot at flipping Thompson. And look, they've also got a great shot at Cam Coleman, the five star out of out of central Phoenix City. That's a guy that had a crystal ball out for for Auburn the other day. So I think, again, when you're reading the tea leaves of all these guys looking like Auburn's making real gains and real momentum on them, again, I like the chances at the end of the day for Auburn to land some of these guys. Now, how relevant will Auburn's play be on the field this year? Was there like a win number that's going to make these kids feel better about it or worse about it? I don't know. That would be interesting to see. But uh, I do think that in the summer, Auburn is doing as good of a job as anybody as making gains on these guys.
5: And uh, also, I was – somewhat encouraged to hear Justin think that uh, – I heard your, your comments too, Tom, that, you know, uh, he's six and a half to seven being uh, what's being projected uh, by computers in Las Vegas, Las makers. that uh, he even thought that probably eight, maybe even nine, might be in the cards as well. So that's somewhat encouraging to hear um, Justin Ferguson make those comments. And how credible is this guy? Uh, I heard you guys talk about it, but I saw Bleacher's report that they sent me this morning from me now. O'Bron James to the Hawks?
1: <laughs> All right, so this is kind of a kind of a oh joke, a little bit. Uh, so there was a mock, <laughs> oh, there was a mock draft that had Bronny go in seventeenth to Atlanta in, in the twenty twenty four draft, which we of course are eleven months and three weeks away from. Uh, and LeBron had an Instagram post that's like, "All right, we're oh, we're sorry. pulling up to Atlanta, basically, kind of like in a joking way." And look, okay. uh, you know, I think that in two years, I think there's a great probability that LeBron will go to the oh, team will. that his son oh, is on. absolutely. Uh, so. Look, I mean, I'm not ruling that out, but also we got to, again, the context of we're a year away from the next draft. We have no idea how Bronny will play in college. And we also got to see what team it ultimately is because I don't know. Like, part of me still thinks that, like, if he's drafted by the Pistons or something, LeBron's going to be like, I don't know. You know, or, or the magic, he's going to be like, I don't know. Maybe the state of Florida. I don't know. You he's know, like, call, like he's that would up, help about to call but, up these teams and say, do not draft my son. Right. But, him. like, if he, like, again, <laughs> like, there is going to be a conversation to be had. Like, if it's a terrible team, a team that has, like, zero chance of being any good at all, and LeBron's going to be 40 at the time, so he's not going to be capable of, like, carrying a team to 55 wins or something just because of LeBron, then. I, I think there is going to be some relevance to who he's picked by. It may not matter, but I, I think it could. So all in all, this is kind of a joke and a playoff of, uh, hey, whoever drafts Braun, he's going to have a great yeah. chance at him We're in two him years, more. but yeah. he will not be going to the Hawks this off season.
5: Okay, so I got played. I should have read the details then. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So if you think he's going backstory. to the Hawks in two, day, two days, yeah. yes, he's, you're going to play
2: all a little bit. Right. There's a lot of backstory yeah. context to that.
5: <laughs> Tell me about this, guys. This is my last one. This comes from again from Leach Report. And it's entitled, The Price is Going Up. And they're talking about, I hope I pronounced the name uh, correctly, Otani Shohei or Shohei
3: Shohei Otani. Yep.
5: Yeah. Well, last night, I didn't know he did this, but uh, maybe you guys know it. He pitched 6.1 innings and only one run and 10 strikeouts. Yep. And he had three at-bats and had three hits. The two of them were home runs. Yep. Yeah. He's uh he's
1: uh, truly
2: the dis- definition of a generational but, talent. Yeah, that's he
1: what I want to do unit. on MLB the show. He is, is
3: a unicorn. Doing. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> yeah. in all seasons. He's awesome. He's elite well, at both both disciplines.
5: They mention this because then they say you seem to be a free agent, yep. And they said their projection values him, hold on to your seats. Two hundred two million dollars <laughs> as a pitcher. Yeah. But this would surprise me even more. Three hundred and twenty six million dollars as a hitter.
1: Over yeah. how many years? Did it say like a uh, contract? Or?
5: No, it just, just says, which equals the first half of a half-billion dollar baseball yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Let yeah. the question, does that seem too low? Or could <laughs> his deal start with a six- your, uh, number. I wouldn't mind uh, doing a
1: whole segment on this, honestly, yeah, Steve. Yeah, he could
2: absolutely he, sign one of the gonna richest He's going to break a conference. bank.
1: There's yeah. only going to be like five franchises that can even afford this.
2: Yeah, he, like, he, he, he will sign one, of the richest con- yeah, yeah. He'll sign one of the richest contracts the, in MLB history.
3: He is probably. the best overall player in Major League Baseball. Yeah, because yeah. he pitches and hits. Right. I mean, he, he, he factors
1: into the success of your team every single day in about the highest way he can, or a player can, because he is leading the league in home runs. There's no one more powerful than him this year. And he's got an ERA, like upper twos, low threes. So he's probably like a top 15 pitcher in the league right now, too. So, like, you're getting two all-star caliber players plus and built into one. And he's already got an MVP.
5: Wow. And um, he's with the Angels, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. How long has he been with them?
1: Uh, four, uh, four or five years. I mean, yeah, it's, it's 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 going on. Well, I, I guess it's going to be. This is his sixth year. Then, yeah. because if he's, he's going to be unrestricted, why
5: would right. he be a free agent? They don't want to pay it. Uh, <laughs> they can't uh, they pay. They, 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 they may might not, not be able to pay it, and in.
1: he wants to leave and go to a more successful team, and uh, a multitude of reasons.
5: Okay. So there, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just didn't know he was this darn good. But oh, he's yeah. actually better as a hitter than a pitcher.
1: Yeah, I mean th- this this year he has been, and again, either way he's an he's two All Star caliber players uh, baked into one, and there's just so much so much value in that, especially when you've got the DH and you don't have to burn the DH and all that sort of thing for for him to pitch, so like he can be in the lineup every day, and I mean again he he impacts every single game your team has.
5: Okay, well sticking with baseball, but in college guys, last I thing for that, us, Steve. Uh, Sure, I saw that uh, Auburn's uh, pitching coach has decided to step down. Was he fired or just he voluntarily decided to uh, to leave?
3: Uh, from what I read is that he wanted to be closer to his family and elected to step down. So it doesn't sound like he was fired. I I don't think they would have fired him. I mean our the pitching staff uh didn't they, they improved, the the pitching staff improved quite a bit as yeah. the season Overall, went. Overall a
1: rough year but they got much better in right. the second half.
5: Right. Okay, do you guys have any thoughts on who might be uh, the coach you're looking for for pitching?
3: There, there's really no telling. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. Uh, but Butch Thompson uh, is a is a great coach, great guy, and uh, I'm sure whoever he brings in is going to be top tier.
5: Okay, real quickly then, I just saw who Bleacher Report thinks uh, Mr. Ohani might be going to the Dodgers.
1: I yeah. mean that again there's only like Dodgers, five teams that can pay Yankees, them Yankees so. I don't even yeah. know I would have they're... said the Mets but I the Mets. Th- they've got already got the highest payroll right. they might have to shed some of that to to afford it we, again we we will have conversations about this because I it will it could, that, could affect baseball that, greatly yeah. for him to be on actually a good team I pray that the Braves make a push gosh. Uh, like 28-ish. Yeah, he's, I think, he's uh, relatively young. Let me double-check that. He is...
5: I just wonder, how many good years does he have left in him? Probably
1: Plenty. several. He's 28. Yeah. His birthday's coming up uh, July 5th, actually. he be 29.
5: Okay. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for uh, your educating me about some things I didn't know about. Uh, enjoyed the uh, conversation you had with Mr. Justin Ferguson. And uh, I can only hope that you guys uh, maybe might be looking at a transfer portal uh, of course, maybe some some hitters. I, I don't know. Uh don't tell you personally though, guys.
1: <laughs> we won't. We we need some help. We're we're
5: All right guys. Yeah. Have a safe afternoon and evening. And uh T P keep uh keep answering those thoughts, man. Um this is probably this I would say, T P uh, this is the best internship you could have ever chosen for yourself. Okay? I have gotta say guys have a safe afternoon and evening and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow uh if all things go right and uh more
1: War Eagle, Steve, we appreciate that phone call. As always, that is retired War Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're about out of time here for hour number one, still ahead in our number two. We'll, we will talk some Major League Baseball. We'll talk about uh, the first 80 games for the Atlanta Braves, how uh, tremendous that's been for Atlanta. Uh, we'll also talk uh, – we'll have uh, birthdays in sports. We might have the, that Otani discussion also uh, a little bit more – uh, ahead too with uh, Tom Peavy and Camberry. I'm Ryan Lavoy. One hour in the books. Stay tuned. More after this.
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the Plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome
1: back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the FM, and the Tiger Communications app, hour number two starting right now. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry, and Tom Peavy with me here. On this Wednesday, our intern TP Hammock doing a great job running the board right now. Uh, doing a great job in his rookie debut. He's got a little like he's got a little Jock Peterson, like hitting some bombs in his first month. I don't know. I don't want to say Jock because then he's going to tail off a little bit. Like who was who was great from like day one and just stay great? Because I can't say Hayward too, because Hayward like pounded one off Zimbrano and then ended up being an average big league player. So I don't know. Great from the word trout. I don't know. We'll call him trout. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about call him Shohei. Right. I want to talk a little bit about Shohei. Uh, Steve brought him up in our our phone call in hour number one. If you missed that, go check out the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. But I want to talk a little bit about the figure that Otani might get and the fact that the Angels are actually a little competent this year. And I, yeah, they're, like, they're, they're going to try harder, too. I'm not going to say they're incredibly competent because the moment I do that they'll go 10 and 10 and 20 <laughs> in their next 30. but right now for the year the Angels are in a playoff position they're actually second in the West they are 44 and 37 and they would get the second wild card in the American League right now now only by uh, like a half a game over more American League East teams the Yankees and Blue Jays nipping on the heels but Still, they have been at least respectable, and that is 81 games. It's 88-win pace. So, again, again, okay when you have Trout and Otani and so many of these guys you still maybe wish for a little bit more. I I think with Otani, the proper way to look at this from his perspective is he's going to ask for two all-star contracts into one, and he should because he is two all-star caliber players into one. Um, We were talking a little bit about it with Steve. Leads the major leagues in homers and RBIs right now through seventy nine <laughs> games. So again, that he's played seventy nine in their eighty one. So he's been durable this year, and he played one hundred and fifty seven the year before and one hundred and fifty five the year before. Right. So like he's he does got it. got a nice stretch of durability yeah. now. Twenty eight homers, sixty four RBI. So he's on pace for fifty six and what's that one twenty eight something like yeah. that. That's a almost judge like season. Okay, he's also hitting three oh four. He's a career two seventy two hitter, so you could say maybe he's batting a little bit above. What do you normally do? Maybe he's more of a 280 type of guy, but his, uh, his 162 game average does prove out that he is a 40 home run hitter. His 162 average is to hit 39 homers driving 102. So you're getting a 40 home run hitter, 100 RBI player, hitting 270s, 280s for the career, but hitting 300 this year, certainly capable of hitting 300. Jeez. As a pitcher – Again, he had he had one year where he was banged up, but the last three he's been relatively right. healthy. 2021, he did not make a bunch of starts, even though he batted in all the games. He had a shoulder issue, so they let him hit but not pitch as much. He pitched in 23 games that year, 9-2, and 3.18 ERA. Last year he was tremendous, 15-9, and 2.33 ERA, in 28 starts, 166 innings. He struck out 219 batters. Yeah. And then this year, 7 and 3, 3.02 ERA. He's made all the starts, all 16, 95 95 and 3rd, 127 uh, strikeouts. So a 200 plus strikeout guy when he pitches the full season, a guy with a career ERA of 2.97. So again, 40 home run hitter, 100 RBI guy, 270s, 280s, and then on the mound, a 3 ERA guy. That has a on a bad team, a thirty five and seventeen career record and strikes a ton of people out. twenty eight he'll be turning twenty nine next week. So, what's the correct market value for him, guys? How many have if you're a GM if you have, I don't know Bill Gates and every and like an unbelievable billionaires' pockets to spend from just everybody's pockets, unlimited yeah. gates amount of pockets. What are you offering him? What's your initial offer to Shohei Otani?
2: Man, I mean, it's got to be. Oh, uh, I mean, it's got to be upwards of five hundred, right? Five hundred million at least. That's your I initial
1: don't... offer. How many years?
2: You can't five hundred million
1: sure, right? to in certain years.
2: Oh man, five, five because five hundred million in ten makes him a fifty million dollar a year player, right? Uh, so. That would make him that would make him would that make him the highest paid player in the MLB? Is
1: yes, right? I think there's some guys around forty ish, but not, yeah. not high forties, not mid forties. Yeah. Like I think there's a couple contracts upper thirties, maybe around so forty. I, then I'd probably go five hundred
2: ten.
3: Okay. Yeah. Tom.
2: And I think he's worth it. So yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh I'm just I'm looking at it here. So all right, so the Angels gave Mike Trout four hundred and twenty six million for how many years? Twelve? Uh twenty nineteen through twenty thirty. 11 is that 11, 11 years
1: so that's what's that about
3: 37 36 yeah. per year so uh I, yeah i mean you just for what he brings to the table you have to go higher than 426 you have to i, I mean I, do you make him a 500 million dollar $500 million man i would i think you would have to
1: you yeah. 10 or 11 years
3: yeah 10 or 11 at 500 um, like I said, if, if Mike Trout is the largest contract ever, and I mean that's Trout, right? You are bringing in a guy that gives you the batting of a Mike Trout and the pitching of a top
1: ten, top pitcher in the ten league, pitcher, you know? yeah, a Max Fried plus, sure, you know,
3: maybe even better. Scherzer, sure, sure. yeah, you know, you have to, you have yeah. to go five hundred, you have to make him the highest paid player, you have to give him the biggest contract ever in Major League Baseball.
1: So, I think there's two different price amounts here. I think if you're the team, you start kind of around what you guys are talking about. I think you start somewhere around 10 for 500, um, something around that 50 million a year. The 10 years gets them to age 38, age 39. You don't really want to pay someone beyond that if you can. And so, 10 for 500 feels about right. If I'm Shohei's agent, though, I'm asking for 12 years because I'm going to want to get him to 40. And I'm probably asking for, I don't know, 700 million, 650, somewhere in there. And here's why. I think that if you're Otani's agent, you're going to say you're getting a top 10 player in both hitting and pitching. Right. If you this top 10 player would get 10 for 300 or 12 for 400, whatever it might be this top 10 pitcher would get this contract. Look what the Mets gave like Scherzer and Verlander for two or three year deals just because they're older, but also because they've been great. They gave them like 30, 40 million a year. So I think you're asking for 60 to 65 million a year. Right. Now, whether you get actually get that's one thing, but that's your ask. I think that's the initial ask of your Otani. 10 for 600, 12 for 700, My something God. like that. And then if you're the team, your first counter is like 10 for 500, 11 for 550, yeah. something like that. Gobs of money. Just has to gobs be. and gobs of money. And He's so valuable, man, and I, so good. I think, again... <coughs> I'm only thinking there's like five teams that can pay him. I'm using five as like an arbitrary number before I even list the teams. But I don't think the Angels can do it because they've already got a lot of money on Trout. Yeah. They've got they paid Rendon a huge contract. They've, right. they've failed on some big contracts. I don't think the Angels can do it. So you're looking at the Dodgers. You're looking at the Yankees. I think the Mets can. They might have to shift some things around, but they have the number one payroll in the sport this year. Yeah. It's like three hundred sixty million. They can do it. They're just. Right. I just think they'll have to deplete some stuff. I the Braves are doing this thing, Braves, Tom. I Braves. know you looked up some contracts, and you want do you want to talk about this contract thing before I get? Yeah, go, talk about the Bra- talk about the Braves. The Braves side of it is interesting because normally I'd say absolutely not. They're just not no, going to have it, and, and because they also can't get out a lot of this stuff. Like they've smartly committed a lot of money right they've got a lot of money committed for the next five six seven years right and they should because they've got 25 to 28 year old players that are awesome hell even younger than 25 if you're talking like michael harris so they they've got incredible youth and incredible talent they should have done this absolutely but it's not like you then still have a lot remaining to be like okay we're going to set a record. Well, if you're going to set a record for your payroll, you're going to set a new record by 30, 40, 50 million a year, almost by the price of a toning. Cause you're already kind of paying a record yeah. amount. If you're the Braves. You're in the top seven or eight in payroll and you're over 200 million and, and that sort of thing. And of that 200 million, I haven't done all the math and all the research, but think of the seven to eight to nine players that they've already got committed. I mean, that's, that's over a hundred million. It's probably Easily. near 150 million between Olson right. and Riley Acuna, et cetera, et cetera. So, that part of it would say absolutely not. They just don't have that. However. However. They're doing this thing, and if I was still in the business world, then I would be deep diving in this more, and I would understand it a little bit more than my basic knowledge that I have now. Liberty Media is talking about separating the Braves and making them go public, meaning that you, the listener, right now, would be able to have a stake in the Atlanta Braves, kind of like how... Uh, what the Packers right. uh, have right. done it. You right. would be able, and, and like Manchester United, a Brooks is uh, t- pointing to his Robin Hood uh, app as a proud <laughs> investor. I haven't asked you about that, Brooks, in a while, and I need to ask you like how your funds are doing. Are, are, are stocks going up right now? No? Okay, big, big, well, roller coaster. So goes the stock market. But you, there's certain franchises and teams that you can publicly invest in. And the Braves are going – there's going to be a vote. Right. It's imminent. I don't remember. It may have already happened, but it's, it's around this time. And they're going to vote to split off the Braves as something you can publicly trade. If they do that, that is usually for companies an influx of revenue right away. Uh, it would be possible – I, I'm what I'm saying is, if that is true, and they do bring in new revenue, immediately, Gearing up for Shohei. that might be b- to be able to afford Otani. It's possible. I, I and I'm not trying to pump some Braves propaganda or something. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that because I again, am. Because <laughs> <laughs> normally they would not be able to afford this. They just would not. No, but they've already kind of bucked some trends. Of they've broken it. Of how much they pay people. Oh yeah. Because giving not only Riley, but but giving Olson these big contract, right. giving Sean Murphy a contract, right. Right. you know, yes, they've done some great economics stuff with like Albies and and uh, Michael Harris to a degree. RCF with three for right. seven He's millions is in. an absolute steal. Steel. Even if Absolutely. he ends up hitting like two sixty this year, like a two million dollar player at short yeah. that plays the defense and has some power, that's a, that's clearly a win. So. I think that they have done a great job with all that. The becoming publicly traded, though, could open that a could, new avenue could, of, of, of revenue, though. So my
2: only question, and I want to propose this to you, Ryan, um, is: Do you think that at some point Ronald will have to demand a new contract? Do you think, or do you, is that you know maybe a, a restructured con- a contract, a reworked contract? Because, you know, if he plays at an MVP level, right, just like just going off this assumption this year, he's playing at MVP level, probably the leader in the MVP odds at which he is and all of these things. Right. If he wins, you know, another one, maybe almost wins another one next year still, but continues on this trend of the success that he's had. Because, I mean, his contract right now is, is just a freaking steal. I'm reading, I'm reading yeah. it right his now. His contract right now is – is uh, when he signed it, I was, like, mm. very surprised. Um, his contract is a steal right now based off what he's absolutely worth. No. You know what, what yeah. I'm like, <laughs> You know, so, so I just wonder if he's going to at some point say, you know, I would like to have a new contract.
1: I think but, with that – so it, it's a 10-year 124 deal. And what what's what I was laughing at is that on top of just the seventeen million that he's getting through the twenty twenty six season, his age twenty eight year, the next two years there's an option. It's a club option. Like it they, has nothing Acuna it's genius. can't get out of that. It's a team option. Mm-hmm. So they've really got control of him through his age thirty season, which is two thousand twenty eight, and it's seventeen million every single year. Um I think if you're a Cunha, I mean, you're obviously about a year away, I think, from asking for to. a rework deal. <clears throat> now, look, we don't see this in baseball as much, we're starting to see it a lot in football and basketball. Yeah. I mean, guys will will hold out a training camp in football. Guys in basketball will demand trades. And, look, it's not usually the contract part of it, the money part of it, because in basketball there's really more overpaid guys than underpaid guys in basketball. But in football there is a fair amount of underpaid guys, and so you'll see them hold out of OTAs and and, and all this stuff. So I think with Ronald, you know, he's going to have one of the rare cases – because instead of just going through arbitration, that's what's different. Right. You usually have arbitration for years four through six, and then you hit the market after six years. You are a known commodity. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about right. who you are as a player if you played six years. So it's it's team-friendly for the first six years because there's really no way to get out of that. Mm-hmm. If you're like If you're a player, you're playing for this organization for six years. However, at the prime of your career, your late 20s, maybe 30 years old, you go to market your absolute prime with a knowledge of who you are. With a and with these new contracts that's never before been done like this to where you're locking yourself in before or longer than beyond the the initial six years. He's locked in four years beyond those initial six years. And so he will still, look, he'll be 30 or 31 when he goes to market. Mm -hmm. He should not be on the decline Mm-mm. but yeah he's not getting a 10 or 12 year deal at that point he's getting a six seven eight year deal right. that's going to be 30 40 50 million a year whatever the going rate is going to be at that time assuming he's still healthy this that and the other thing so i think you could these contracts will be the first contracts in major league baseball where some of these guys will yeah. actually find it intuitive and find it that they will have the leverage to do that um, and if you're the braves you're just gonna have to pony out up. the checkbook yeah. for that
3: well well so and this is the interesting thing is sitting here looking at this list of, of the largest contracts uh you have to go all the way down to, to 25th uh, and that's Austin Riley. Yeah. So
2: and I, that's what you, I'm saying. You Austin has to, a bigger you, deal right now than than what than what Ronald's on,
3: yes. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, at least according to this, so Austin Riley would be the Braves' highest play. What highest, is that? The full contract there? Uh, Austin Riley like is million, uh, 212 200. million 200. for 10 years 2023 so like through, 2. yeah, yeah, 2032. Uh, he's got a team option in 20,
2: uh, 2033. No, listen, so, 10, so he's 10
3: years, 10 years, 212 million. Um, that's Riley. And then you go all the way down here. Your next, Olson maybe. Your next brave is uh, at forty, and that's Olsen Yeah, at a eight year one sixty eight. Yeah, uh, yeah it's so also about twenty a year. Right. So those are your two best. Those are your two highest paid players right now. Acuna is obviously worth more than those two. Right. That's and it's not close. Uh, Acuna
2: is worth more. You could probably yeah. say that Aussie will soon be worth more. Sure. Well, Ozzie. Michael Harris
3: at some point maybe.
1: Oh, I don't know about Harris. Yeah, Harris is a few years, years away. I'm saying a few On years five, away. Yeah, maybe yeah. eventually, maybe gets to that. He'll level. be worth more than what he'll be getting in a few years.
3: But, but, yes. but now, here, but here's my question because we started this about Shohei Otani. Uh, you know, in, in the world of Major League Baseball, the Braves' highest paid player is the 25th largest contract. Does that not feel like you have some wiggle room with money? I mean, the Braves. I know the Braves are they're not the they're not a big market team like in New York or in L. A. But it feels like they're also not the Marlins. No, they're not the Royals. No,
2: but Anthopoulos got away with like highway robbery with some of these deals. Sure, like like I mean, he jumped on them quick, and and, you know, like like Ryan said, I mean, it was smart to do so when you think about it now, because all of these all of these deals are. Team friendly, you're going to be right. able to gear up for somebody like the likes of Shohei.
3: But but the th- but the thing is though, if you if you are able to do something with Shohei, then it's like the perfect thing for the Braves. You know, if you can kind of have that money ready to go for him, uh, sure you're going to have to give up some things. But the thing is, you're you may not have to give up your fielding positions, your no, hitters, since no, he's just he's a pitcher and a DH. Yeah, so. You can still keep the core of your guys. You're just adding that arm and a, and a DH there. But, again, like I said, it, the Braves right now have the 25th. They're, they're big, the Braves' biggest contract is only the 25th largest in Major League Baseball.
1: Right. Well, so the, the way you've got to look at this in total, though, is what they have down the line and how it all adds up because it's not about who has the biggest contracts it's about how many contracts they have well, yeah right and so th- that is what is going to dictate what they can do because in 2024 uh, they've got about 130 million in guaranteed salaries they've got right. a, a Charlie Morton team option for 20 which I can't see them picking up like I like I think that they'll let go of that. But if they were to accept all options on Morton, they've got nine million for Rosario. They're going to accept that Darno for eight million. They probably accept Kirby Yates for five and a half, maybe not McHugh, maybe not for six. The Charlie one would be the big one. If they accept all their team options, they're already at one hundred sixty-six point five right. uh, for players. And so my point is, is like Otani alone would still get you past what the Braves payroll. Would be yeah. this year because this year it's two hundred two, and I think that's a record, or it's one, it's close to a record if it's not the record for them. So, just adding fifty million year Otani to the one sixty six is two sixteen, so that's already right. the highest ever. So, my point is is that there is probably a number that they would do that would exceed twenty to twenty five other teams, but if you really have to go to the far reaches of it. I still think pockets went out in New York and Los Angeles before right. the Braves and, went out. Yeah. Unless he takes some sort, like he gives you ten million or less a year because right. he wants to win, and the Braves are winning like crazy right now. That's the only only factor.
3: So, yeah. so all right. So the Dodgers have the uh, number two largest contract, and that's Mookie Mookie Betts, yeah. uh, twelve yeah. year three sixty five. Yeah, yeah uh, Yankees have the third with Aaron Judge yep. at nine years three sixty then you got the padres with Manny Machado's yep. uh, 4 uh, 11 years 350 uh, then Lindor with the Mets at 5 um, and then you got another padres Tatís so yeah Tatís yeah uh, so you the, the padres have the 4 the 4th and 6th Highest contract. Yeah, that's so, the yeah. Padres. They, they, they yeah, put them well, out. Well, we talked about
1: that in the preseason. The Padres needed to win this year because yeah. they're spending more money than they ever have, and guess what? They're not winning at all. Right. all. They're below five. Uh,
3: Bryce Harper at seven with the Phillies, thirteen uh, year, thirty three hundred and thirty million.
2: Yeah. Uh, is, but, Trey, is Trey Turner's contract not in
3: there? Uh, well, well, uh, Trey is at twelve. Trey Turner is twelve. Yeah. But now here's see. the other thing, and this again going back to the Otani deal, you have to go all the way down to ten at Garrett Cole with the Yankees before you get a pitcher. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Garrett Cole right now with the Yankees, uh, nine year, three hundred and twenty four. That's that's about your thirty six a year. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. your highest paid pitcher. Right. Well, is and, Otani better than Garrett Cole? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. As a player, yeah. As, as a, as a player, sure. Yeah.
3: As a pitcher, they're similar. I mean, Cole's right. been, well, been right. awesome. Yeah. But I'm saying you get you can get more value out of Otani. Oh, well, Just, I mean,
1: Otani's right. going to be the highest paid player. I thought yeah. you were talking about like if you're trying to get the highest-paid pitcher and the highest-paid hitter out of him, what would it be combined? Oh, it would be. Sure. Because, again, yeah, he's going to be treated like an all-star for both. Um, I'm not sure that as a pitcher he would necessarily, if he was just a pitcher, make more than 9 for 324. I don't think he would, but obviously yes as a player because you do both Ab- absolutely it's it's not even a question there and there's also guys on shorter term contracts that may not be popping up in the full gross value on that chart but like churzer and verlander are getting a hot a very high per year right. deal it's just not it's just not as many years so it's not showing up in the huge commitments well, let's go back to the auburn bank phone line now 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one eight nine tiger 9 next up it's jackson from montgomery jackson how are you doing today
7: Doing well. Good evening, gentlemen, and War Eagle.
1: War Eagle. Eagle.
7: Uh, On the pace of baseball, I was thinking to myself, where would you all rank or where do you think Otani will end up on the list of all-time greats when it's said and done? Do you think he would be a top three generational talent when it's all said and done?
1: potential is there yes but he's got to do it for like another decade yeah. and it's gonna it's gonna have to be a long period of time because you know i hate to i hate to just dumb it down to just raw total numbers right now really but he's is, but he's sitting at like 600 hits in his career 150 homers as a pitcher you know it's only 30 something wins it's i think it's still less than a thousand strikeouts so it's like right now Like if something happened and he started to go downhill for because of Tommy John surgery or just something something dramatically impacting the injuries and that sort of thing, and then I'm like there's a there's a case he would still not even make the Hall of Fame as crazy as that is, as good as he is right now. So he, it's going to be about impact over a long period of time. Currently, at the height of his power, absolutely. He's got unlimited potential. He could be one of the all-time greats for sure. But a part of being an all-time great, and especially in baseball sport where longevity is more doable than a sport like football, then the, long, the longevity element of it will be relevant here too.
7: Okay. Speaking of all-time greats, I heard the Thunder Chickens were unfortunately defeated in battle yesterday both games uh, my advice is can't win them all you know just you prove on your uh, abilities and take it from there
1: yeah yeah no we uh, we'll have to we'll have to get better but uh, we will we will try not to lose confidence we'll we'll keep going <laughs> out
7: uh, i want to talk about auburn recruiting uh, i was privileged to attend the uh, btw Tuskegee uh, an ota this morning I believe it's James from Montgomery's alma mater uh, where I witnessed Auburn commit Joe Phillips, uh, linebacker, and that dude is absolutely a machine. And I think Auburn's getting a really good ball player with him. I noticed if you look big without pads on, you're doing something right.
1: Yeah, no, and uh, he's, again, currently ranked the, the highest guy just by a little bit over uh, Walker White and Again, this is a It was a big get for Auburn over Georgia, who did, was involved. And uh, yeah, no. I, again, I know that Booker T. Washington has not had a lot of success, but I know that he's also that's caused him to stand out even more so. And that's that's a good get for Auburn for sure.
7: Um, if you were Hugh Freeze, what tactics do you think he's using to convince these players not to go to Georgia? That's real close, or go to Bama? What? What struggles do you think he has to endure, and how do you think he can overcome it in the near future?
1: That's a great question. I think for now, I think playing time is the the obvious one, that you're going to have an opportunity to get in the field much quicker and in a larger capacity with Auburn right now, yet not sacrifice the opportunity to be a pro. And then right now, the other part of that is – in Hugh Freeze's mind and in Auburn's hopes, not sacrifice the opportunity to be a champion one day. Right. Because like these kids are going to want to be a champion at, at one point, and Georgia and Alabama obviously gives you a great uh, pathway to doing that, but also when you're selling a vision and you're Auburn and, and you've been in a title game, you've been in two in the last you know 13 or 14 years, then you still have that that real expectation to be able to get back to a point around that at some point so it's the playing time and it's still the the opportunity to still do those other things that those schools do at a, at a high rate right, right now
3: the 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 other thing that i'll say and and you you still see it come out of their the mouths of these recruits is the word family and that's i know people kind of pick on auburn about the old, the old family you know whatever but that's something that they can use to try to relate with some of these kids and that's where Hugh Freeze is, is going to have to do that. Is you can come here, and, and it's a family atmosphere. It's a lot tighter knit. Uh, you can go to Bama, and it's more business. It's you know, it's a football factory. If you want to go and just be part of the business and just get in and get out and go do your thing, okay. But you know, here we're we're going to take care of you. We're going to be family and everything. And now, right now, with Georgia, there's a lot of stuff going on at Georgia with with some bad things getting reported out of athens with recruits and stuff like that and so you know with you freeze you kind of use that to your advantage and say listen they've got a whole like degenerate culture going on over there at athens you're a good kid you don't want to get yourself caught up in in the the crap that's going on in athens right now you you're a good kid you don't need to be a part of that and so he can use that to his advantage. And, and that's every other team out there recruiting a kid.
1: That's they, going to appeal to the parents, too, by the
3: way. And that yeah. will appeal to the parents. It's like, don't send your kids to Athens. All you have to do is read the Atlanta Journal right now with all the reports of the stuff that's going on with their players and their recruits, and you don't want to send your kid to be a part of that. So those are things that Hugh Freeze can use, put in his back pocket and use.
7: That's great insight. Um, I got a question for you, gentlemen. We saw... In the NFL playoffs, uh, Jacksonville and Philadelphia kind of run old school formation with Philadelphia running the quarterback sneak and then Jacksonville in the playoffs run the straight T formation. Do you think college football, for example, Georgia Tech ran the triple option and they would average about seven eight games win a year. Now they switch the spread and it's been uh, very difficult winning ball games. Do you think teams are trying to advance their program without their talent, per se, like Army switching away from the triple option, I believe. Do you think everyone gets too involved with the passing concept and try to really show their style regardless of if they're going to win or not? Or do you think it's like a recruiting uh, statement, like recruits don't want to go to an old-school triple option or Notre Dame box
0: type style?
1: You know, that's a good question. I I think to some degree – uh things can go too far one way and they have to swing back a little bit. Totally. The college game still, and we've talked about uh, in a show a couple weeks ago, I think it was one of our, our best conversations, we talked about the value of running backs in football, both in the NFL and in college yeah. now. And they're clearly more valuable in college because the skills lack at that area to perfect the passing attack. I, I feel um, – and I think we kind of all agreed on that a perfectly run passing attack is harder to defend than a well-run uh, running attack. And so um, the, the, the reality is in college, not as many teams can perfect that passing attack. There's only a handful or two, and then you still get into, well, what, what is a perfect passing attack in college? It's really only a couple of teams have truly achieved it. And, and so I think that, teams will always be looking for ways to run the ball in creative ways in college and so goofy formations or or more traditional formations could always still have a place and i i, I don't know if it will ever swing drastically but uh but you know it was not a completely failed experiment for paul johnson and georgia tech i know it ultimately ended in a firing but there were successful teams as you alluded to and and they have been clearly less successful since, and a lot goes into that. But uh, I, I think that there will always be a place for uh, for running formations and styles, because especially in the college games, just because there are not going to be always enough great throwers of the football to, to perfect the passing attack you want. There's going to be more turnovers and that sort of thing. And so uh, I, I think that can be very spread out. As for the NFL part of it, I think that – uh, those teams again, creativity will always be important. I think again in that he- pass-heavy league, we're all, I think we're I think we're pretty much destined to always see great great passers of the football. Now, I just think that that is maybe more concrete at that level. But yeah, if you can find a way to to show a play, run a play that no one's ever seen before or not seen out of that formation, then you're going to do it. And so, uh, with the QB sneak for Hertz, look, they found that that was effective. If it's effective, you're going to run it. So. I think there's still small places for it and avenues, but I think the major part of what teams try to do at that level will still be pass-heavy.
7: Okay. Uh, I want to question and gauge the room. My personal opinion, is switching to NBA, I like to touch all bases. Do you think currently any team, or do you think you could win a championship with Kyrie Irving present?
2: Well, yeah, I mean – with like you're just saying without LeBron James because you know,
0: yeah, yeah, correct.
2: Um, I definitely think he could probably be the second best player on a team and, and maybe win. Um, Kyrie obviously needs a lot of a lot of shooters around him and he is a, a great creator. Um, I would say I would I would say, yeah, that, that he probably would be good as the second best player on your team. I don't really mind. Uh, the pairing of him and Luka, I think that could end up paying some dividends if they add, add a little bit of defensive depth and um, some guys that can really shoot. I think that could end up being productive for them. The drafting of Derek Lively, for example, that the Mavs uh, went with, uh, trading up and, and going to get him, that was a good move. I think that would be something um, that will be beneficial to both Kyrie and Luka. So um, it, it's it's definitely possible. Um, to to have him as a championship uh, championship player, you know they were really close with Brooklyn. Um, I, I if I remember correctly, I mean they were like a half shoe size away from beating Giannis and the Bucks and going into the to the finals. So uh, Kyrie does play winning basketball, uh, and I, I do think he could absolutely contribute and be a part of a championship championship ugh, team without LeBron. And
7: going back to that. Series with Milwaukee. I believe they were up two games to none, and Kyrie suffered the injury, and it's right. just a rant. But I just, his style of play, that one very ball handling, uh, I don't think he's that good without the ball, and he will give you 28 to 30 points easy. I just don't know if it's championship basketball like we saw with Denver Nuggets was a country view from all cylinders in the present day NBA.
1: I mean, there's always the the element to it where he is, is going to be a minus for you on defense. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and look, I think he is uh, malleable enough to 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 be willing to play a little bit without the ball. You know, I think he understood that that had to happen in Brooklyn, and I think that they were doing a fair enough job at it. And I think that he understands that Luke is going to get the ball a ton and even more than he will in Dallas, but... The problem with him, and I'm going to assume he ends up back on Dallas. I think they're going to work out a, a pretty long term deal. Is that okay? If you've got two guys like that on defense, you, you've got to have at least two in your starting and the other three of the starting five that, that need to be good defensive players. You need to have someone that can defend a guard uh, at some point and, and defend a wing because Luka is not a very good defender either. And so you, you've just got two incredible offensive players, but. In crunch time moments, there is still room for defense. And I talk about how I believe that offense is more important than defense. Now, that doesn't mean that defense is just not existent. Like There's just, like, no room for it. It's not important. It doesn't matter. I still think it matters, and it matters in certain situations. We saw the NBA Finals get a lot more clunky than at any other time in the playoffs. So there's clearly – uh, moments in the playoffs for defense but if dallas is going to have luke and kyrie they've got to focus on defense with some of the the other parts of their team and so uh I, I think that it is fathomable but no i i don't think it's very likely that that they that he is able to to win a title unless he again does some of the off the ball stuff you realize and unless they build a team that can cover up his defensive inefficiencies
5: right.
7: All right, fellas, that's all I got for today. Uh, thank y'all for taking my call, and Ward will go.
1: Absolutely. Of Appreciate course. the phone you call, doing? Jackson. That is Jackson from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to go to our next commercial break right now. On the other side, more from the Auburn Bank phone line. Also, still got to get to birthdays and sports in a little bit, too. Back with more sports call right after this.
0: Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy grooving on this Wednesday afternoon. We are grooving. Let's go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, eight nine tiger 9 Next up, Jeff from Columbus. Jeff is with us. Jeff, how are you doing today?
6: Man, I'm hot.
1: I'm
6: hot. <laughs> uh, I hope <laughs> but. Uh, Hey, that I think we did pretty good to make it this far without getting up there into the high nineties and stuff, so I guess can't complain, right? But,
1: not too much. Yeah, yeah. At least got a couple pleasant yeah. weeks in there, yeah.
6: Yeah. Man, I not I don't envy y'all out there playing softball in this mess, though.
3: Well uh, at least it's not it's nighttime it's nighttime when we play, so it at least kinda cools down a yeah. little bit.
6: You did hear my joke, didn't you? What's that? I said apparently y'all w I said apparently y'all weren't playing too much softball. <laughs> yeah. that was, was, it was a poor joke
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're hey, out there getting some cardio give,
6: <laughs> Yeah, hey, I give y'all credit Like I say I, 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 I You wouldn't want me on your team So no, I have more power to y'all And uh, man, uh, who was that? Uh, what's his name? Jackson from Montgomery? Yes All oh, just, okay Man, very well spoken Very knowledgeable I, uh, he's a real good caller. I've heard him a couple times. So, yeah, um, uh, I get he asked some good questions and stuff like that. It's like I it's say, very, very poignant and stuff. And so now my rebuttal is, <laughs> okay, um, you're, doing, you're doing negative recruiting against Georgia with a coach that got fired and – you don't even know where your running back is. You haven't heard from him in six months. What in the world? You don't think – I mean, I'm not Kirby Smart and I'm not Nick Saban, but I I
1: can come up with that by myself. Right. And uh, obviously Hugh Freeze's pass is going to be something that they're sure. going to, to absolutely uh, try and use. But obviously, you know, Freeze is going to just say, well, I mean – you know this is what's going on right now, and uh, this is how we've turned the page and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean that's going to be an an, an easy thing right. to try and recruit
3: against. But but now, but I I will yeah. say that my my rebuttal to your rebuttal is uh, Auburn handled that situation came out with with the Auburn running back and it was handled, and yeah we nobody knows we don't know if he's playing we don't know if if he's not playing. The problem is, is what the AJC is now reporting with what's going on in Athens is that type of similar stuff is going on, and nothing is happening at all. There's like no discipline. Players are just running amok right. with the law and and all sorts of sexual allegations. I mean, just I mean it's like pure debauchery is the way the Atlanta Journal describes what's going on, and these kids are not getting punished at all. So that would be my well, only yeah. thing to that.
6: Yeah. But- yeah, but the thing is, a player with that kind of mentality might say, "That's exactly where I need to be."
5: <laughs>
6: I'm just I well, no, well, sure yeah. hope they would. I, and you know, uh, hey, sometimes you're talking about you know a football, uh, a football powerhouse, a football school. That's all they're there for. Georgia and Alabama and stuff. Those kids going to high school like IMG academies and stuff. They don't care about your politics. How can I get? play two years, three years, and be an NFL player. I mean, uh, and how, why would a five-star receiver this year, after Auburn goes eight and five, want to come to Auburn and get thrown, I mean, just assuming that this new quarterback is good, okay? I mean, when he could go to a school That gets players in the league, that wins championships. And I'm not just saying Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. It's not Auburn right now, right? Okay, that's all I'm saying is it's not Auburn right now. So why would that kid want to come there? Uh, Like you say, playing time. Tom, didn't you say when this Phillips kid, isn't that the same committed that he? Was you not quoted as saying he's not going to be? starting at Georgia next year he's not going to be there the year after that he's not going to be on the field right he can come into
3: auburn and start right away i Did I don't say which, uh, I don't know I don't know that I said that i'm I'm not sure which player are you talking about Joe Phillips oh Joe Phillips uh, the linebacker. oh the linebacker. Sorry. yeah yeah the, li- yeah the linebacker from Tuskegee um uh, well, well, I mean, I, I was saying, yeah, I was talking about – we were talking about playing time. I don't remember if I said that specifically, but it is the, the mindset that I have. It's the same thing with Alabama. It's like these linebackers just keep lining up at the door to go play at Alabama. And it's like, kid, you may or may not see the field. And now you can say the same thing with Georgia right. the way Kirby – I mean, yeah, they're they're the blue chippers are lining up to go there but the ones that are standing in line to get in the door hugh freeze and them can go and tap them on the shoulder and go hey instead of standing in line here at the door waiting to see what's going to happen you can come here and get in the door
6: right and i think i've always also talked with ryan maybe last week you know what's to say a kid or a coach won't say hey go get your nil money get in there you know and like ryan said if they're good at auburn
2: they're probably not going to want
6: to transfer, you know.
1: But maybe, can you just get NIL money everywhere you go?
2: Essentially, I mean, yes. Does it go with you? Yeah,
1: I mean, you, uh, okay. Does it go with you? I oh no, 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 no! It's going to stay with the the school, the school. that you kind of agreed to. But yeah, the the lower teams, like the Group Five teams, they do have some NIL money, but it's obviously pennies compared to the the Power Five. Okay, let's just
6: say, okay, they. Because now they can, they can just offer money to come to school. Okay, so it's a million dollars. has giving you a million dollars to come here to Auburn, and uh, so then the next year he says, "Okay, I want to transfer." Does he take that million dollars and then Georgia gives him two million?
1: No. I mean, I, well, if it's the if the agreement's like a million for uh, a certain amount of years, almost like a contract, yeah. then no. If it's right. if it's a million just to sign? Then yeah, I mean, I would, I would think that I he mean, spends a year yeah, there, it qualifies. Guess, there, there, there could be conditions though. We, we don't know everything about the language they put in. There could be conditions about having to play, be here for a certain amount of time, or, or play a certain number of snaps. I mean, it could be contract, very contractual. Uh, I really don't know all the yeah. ins and outs to it. This is, this is, they are so much
6: better off than a free agent pro athlete. I mean, because there will be times that you can't negotiate your contract. I mean, but this is—I mean, it's crazy—and I'm not arguing with y'all because you all don't know. That's the sad thing is nobody knows what's going on. And uh, but um, also, I hear it—I I can see it now. We started out with what six, seven wins for Auburn. Okay, the closer we get to spring or fall camp, it's moved up to eight. I heard nine. I think I may have heard somebody on this station, I don't know if it was Steve or somebody, said possibly 10 wins. So I figure by the time the fall camp is over, there'll be be a a quote going into the SEC championship game. I know (laughs) know things are going to go good. I I I know it's been been doing it since 95. You need to put that on here.
1: <laughs> on, on the intro, yeah, I promise <laughs> yeah, nobody okay. here is going to be going with the with an SEC title <laughs> expectation, but may, hmm. maybe some callers All will. Right. I don't know. I got you,
6: hey guys. I, I, uh, uh, it, it's good talking to you. I'm glad it's getting closer to football season and stuff like that. So, uh, y'all have a great day. try to stay cool and uh, we'll
1: talk to you all later on. Absolutely, Jeff. We appreciate the phone call as always. That is Jeff from Columbus (laughs) joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line and that will do it for hour number two right here. Still ahead, uh, more in Sports Call in hour number three. We'll have James from Montgomery lead off hour number three. That will be next. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started.
1: Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9, the FM, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry here with you today. Again, a big shout-out and thank you to T.P. Hammock for Working the first two hours on the board for us, did a uh, a great job for us. And he will be very instrumental in our plans for SEC Media Days, running the board here and taking your phone calls. So certainly appreciate TP for doing the first couple hours. We have a lot more here to do here in hour number three, so let's get going. Back to the Auburn Bank phone line we go. 334-887-341, locally or toll-free, 888 tiger nine next up on the show james from montgomery james is with us james how are you doing today
4: i'm good i'm war eagle
1: war eagle, war eagle.
4: uh the first uh comment that i actually want to actually clear up is about these uh different games i've seen that are uh hosting um pride uh week, you know in in certain uh games you know like for the uh, WNBA, National Hockey League, NFL, and Major League Baseball, and gym, uh, and the Olympics, just to name those few sports off the off the board. But um, what do you think? Do you think that these sport sporting events would actually keep the um, Pride Month going, or do you think they should just uh, you know lock it down and just uh, shut the doors on on actually you know getting some of these events? Uh, taking taking care of in in a in a other way of looking at it
1: yeah so uh the, the the month of june is obviously when they've been uh hosting all these events so uh those will those will end here at the month of june and they might have a, a random celebration of, of different things uh throughout the year but most of the things that you've seen have just been in the month of june with with all of that and I think again that's when most people uh, celebrate and and do that. So uh, again, I, I those will those will be predominantly over at the month in, at the end of the month of
4: June. Yeah, because I've um, I've actually seen like last night when my Dallas Wings was playing in Phoenix against the Phoenix Mercury. They were uh, I think one of the uh, sports commentators was talking about Brittany Griner's uh, jail time in Russia. I mean that was wrong terminology for that to actually bring that up during, uh, during her month that at, you know, playing with the, uh, with the Phoenix Mercury. I mean, they should, I mean, whoever said that um, uh, on CBS uh, sports network, they should leave that comment alone because that was kind of hard for a young lady like Brittany Griner to actually uh, go through that. And, you know, that, that wasn't a right terminology or the right approach From that, uh, from this individual as a sports commentary to just broadcast that out to the world. You know, I mean, the world saw what was going on. And, you know, even me, I, I, I actually stood by Brittany Griner through thick and thin, you know, as a, as a WNBA fan and, uh, wishing her, you know, great, you know, you know, keeping, keeping her in my spirit as well and keeping her safe and bringing her home. And once she came home, it, it was a really good thing to see another person like that for the WNBA to come and play a, a sport that most WNBA fans will love. And I think that Brittany Griner, um, I know in the back of her mind, I know she saying in herself to herself, she wouldn't do that ever again, but you know, I don't know what the future might hold for Brittany Griner, and I hope she learned her lesson from all of this as well.
1: Yeah, again, I, I uh, was definitely not watching the broadcast last night, so I have no idea what was said, but uh, again, that was a very difficult situation for her, obviously, and, and look, obviously did something she shouldn't have done, but also uh, being detained was uh, was certainly not fair and, and not good either. So uh, definitely rough situation, but now she's back to her normal life in the WNBA, and and I'm sure she's trying to to move forward. What else is on your mind today, James?
4: Well, um, I'm actually uh, looking at the uh, the countdown to the NFL. i um, at the NBA uh, free agency draft, uh, free agency, and seeing um, if some teams might need some uh, help in the uh, free agency. So I'm just going to see who they need as well, and uh, seeing where would the NBA actually look uh, what what it will look like in the near future as well because um, earlier today I got a, um, a message from uh, the NBA Players Association and they were they were talking about extending the um, NBA to like 2030 to 2039, uh, 90, excuse me, twenty twenty ninety in the near future. So I'm thinking that the uh, may the um basketball association and players association would uh extend uh you know foreign players to actually play you know in these teams until next few years as well
1: yeah so uh James, i'll be honest with you i didn't see what uh what uh, you're referring to there but I, I think that the i know there is a different director of the uh, nba players association now after demore smith's uh, 10 years coming to an end so that's mm-hmm. part of it and obviously yes there's been a a lot of European players coming to the league with great success over the last few years, and I'm sure that trend is is going to continue with the likes of Victor Wimbenyama coming to San Antonio. Also, his uh, uh, his teammate, I believe, uh, Balak Koulibaly, uh, who was also drafted in the lottery. So there's going to continue to be a lot of European players in the NBA, and and uh, yeah, but I think the league is, is becoming more and more global.
4: Yes, as well, because I... Um, I always keep up with the NBA as well and uh during like the NBA uh finals uh last couple of weeks ago, um after the finals were was said and done with the national with the NBA Finals uh team of the Denver Nuggets. I know I got a message an email from uh Adam Silver. He uh, gave me like a a nice message on my email telling me congratulations. Uh, you know, for me as being a NBA fan for so many years and, um, I'm actually going to stay an NBA fan for, for as long as I can because I know for me as watching, uh, so many great events that the NBA actually puts on and, uh, keeping up with it, a lot of NBA news, I'm thinking in my near future, I might be like an NBA, uh, sports reporter, you know, sometime in my near future as well. So I'm just going to, you know, reach for the stars and maybe see where, see where it goes.
1: Yeah, uh, I know Adam Silver reaching out to NBA fans there, kind of thanking them for the support this year. And uh, you said you wanting you're wanting to be a a sports reporter.
4: Yes, I'm actually thinking about that in my near future because I'm actually you know studying. I'm actually learning from a lot of different uh, sports reporters as well. Um, maybe um, that would be like Plan A, but if Plan B doesn't work out. I mean, if Plan A doesn't work out for me. Plan B would always uh, be with you guys in the studio, actually being, uh, you know, talking about sports and uh, getting to help you all out with a lot of callers as well.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, we we are rooting for Plan A for you, and uh, as we would with uh, with anybody. But uh, yeah, man, uh, that's uh, that's an exciting path you're trying to take, and uh, we do wish you a lot of luck and success in that.
4: Yeah, because I'm actually a very uh, bright person. I talk about sports all the all the time, and I'm always keeping up with a lot of sports uh, news, and I always share it with the
1: sports world as well. You certainly do share that news with us. I believe today, I think we were going to talk, We you had some NASCAR news for us, I believe?
4: Oh, yes, I actually do, because I know um, we're so far away from um, from the next uh, NASCAR uh, schedule that's going to be coming up, I uh, think, next week next month uh, and uh this is going to be one of my favorite uh tracks i had never seen on the nascar schedule this is going to be my first time ever watching this this uh, race from chicago illinois and i know it's going to be kind of it, it's going to it's going to um, be kind of awkward and kind of weird for me to see a nascar uh race out in the middle of uh chicago illinois in the city so I know these drivers, I know they're gonna be excited, uh, seeing some of these uh some of these different places in Chicago and I will I'll probably see this actually end up like in the in the Formula One circuit next year in twenty twenty four with uh Las Vegas being the next uh stop. So I think that will be really nice and uh, seeing where uh NASCAR actually um, brings out in in uh street uh racing as well.
1: Yeah, this will be their first ever street race and uh, in Chicago and, and having uh, uh, trying having the, the ability to try a lot of different things on the NASCAR schedule. So really no telling how this is going to go. I, I hope it goes well. I hope the racing is entertaining, but I honestly don't know.
4: Yeah, because, I mean, this is when they were talking about uh, Chicago, I looked at uh, how they did the track. They did it around the city of Chicago. So I know a lot of people that live there, in the city of chicago i know they're going to be looking at these uh cars you know passing by um, i don't know i think like two 200 miles an hour 300 i don't know how how fast these nascar uh uh cars go i think like 200 miles an hour if i'm correct on that
1: yeah they probably not getting a 200 on this course they can get to close to 200 on other tracks about 190 195 but I don't know, 170 might be the fastest they might be able to get to if there's a long straightaway at the street course, or I think there is one or two. So they won't be getting up to 200 in Chicago, but they they can at other tracks.
4: Yeah, because I think, you know, for people that, you know, that people are looking at these uh, cars passing by, they're going to be like, what's going on? It's a NASCAR race that's going on, and this is actually going to be something that I would like to actually see. Uh, more, you know, more of the in in city tracks and seeing some of the um, seeing what what NASCAR actually is going to do in the near future as well.
1: Yeah, we'll see if it's a, if it's a success. I'm sure NASCAR will look into doing it again, but uh, they I'm sure they want to hit a certain ticket number and they want to to see decent racing too. They want to see some ratings. So we'll we'll see how it goes, but definitely looking forward to it. Uh, do you have some final thoughts for us today, James? <sighs>
4: Um, well, I do have uh, one final thought. I know that I uh, wanted Fourth uh, of July uh, trivia, so I'm gonna probably take that one um, probably uh, right now as well.
1: Uh, so, Fourth of July trivia. What, what do you mean? Just like like events that happen on Fourth of July, or I, I'm a little little curious on what exactly uh, you're you're what you're wanting with the Fourth of July.
4: Um, like the history of uh, of the Fourth of July, like the like the actual whole like the whole history of of the Fourth of July as well like the beginning of it as well
1: all right well uh, then I guess uh, okay' we'll, we'll figure this out then so uh, what's its significance or I guess I guess what year uh, did the 4th of July kind of begin because of the Declaration of Independence
4: um, I actually have to say that would be July the 4th 1776.
1: Very nice, very nice. That is that is absolutely correct. Uh, let me think of a, another one here real quickly for you. Um, so that's the that's obviously one that uh, we all love. Uh, who wrote the Declaration of Independence?
4: Um, that would actually have to be. Uh, let me see the four Founding Fathers. I know that would be George Washington. Uh let's see, who else? Mm I don't know the other the other four, the other three.
1: All right. Well, so we've got uh we've got Benjamin Franklin. Okay. I know uh George Washington, Benjamin Franklin,
4: Thomas Jefferson.
1: We also yep. We've also uh, got uh uh, let me see I think John Adams there you go John Adams that John Adams is uh, was who kind of first uh, first got the Declaration of Independence going John Adams and I know no, there that, was one more yeah huh? no, you got it that it's it's uh, okay. we were looking for John Adams there at the end all right okay. l- let me give you uh, let me give you one more and this is just about the 4th of July uh, as a whole what percent? Okay. Ab- ab- and I'll give you four options here too. About what percentage of people watch fireworks on the Fourth of July? Is it A, thirty-two percent? B, ninety percent? C, forty-seven percent? Or D, sixty-three percent?
4: Um, let's see. I would actually have to say that would be D, sixty-three
1: percent. 63% is what you're going with. It is, I believe that is correct. It is 63%. Yes,
4: that's all. Well. And then for the 4th of July uh, weekend, I know this is one of my favorite sports to always watch on ESPN for so many, many years. The 4th of July, spectacular from Coney Island, uh, watching these people eat hot dogs, and it's amazing to see some of these people actually sit in, in in front of millions of people in coney island new york eating uh nathan's hot dogs it's one of the best uh, hot dogs ever and it, it's something amazing
1: yeah that is always something that kicks off uh fourth of july festivities again there's not as many sports going on because uh, obviously most of the sports have uh concluded for the year or yet to start but uh but yeah that's also uh what Joey Chestnut always has a uh, a big time performance usually.
4: Yes, that's all and then with uh some of these other sports I've actually seen on ESPN, they always do uh they I think on the weekend they change ESPN to ESPN uh eight. So they have like some weird like some weird sports I would like to actually see coming in in the near future. I know they have one that's really funny that make me laugh. Uh it's called um the slippery uh, stair games as well. It's really funny. I've seen so many people uh, actually try to climb up some stairs and uh, just like try to get up to the top. And it, it's very, it's very funny. It's very entertaining for me as a sports fan. But it's really funny as well to see other people, you know, make make uh, make a lot of sports fans laugh at, at their uh, creative activities that they do.
1: Yeah, when they uh, make it ESPN eight the show for a day. Uh, usually in the summertime. Well, James, we gotta let you go today, but we appreciate the phone call, and uh, we'll—I'm sure—we'll talk to you again soon.
4: All right, sounds good. And I would—I uh, know Thursday is uh, Throwback Thursday, so I have uh, some great memories of uh, of the
1: Auburn women's basketball games uh, on Thursday show as well. Okay, we'll be looking forward to that. All right, sounds good on War Eagle. War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Before we take our next break of the show, we have made it the 5 o'clock hour and still not done birthdays, so here's birthdays in sports.
0: It's time for today's birthdays in sports.
1: Birthdays in sports today got a good list, starting with John Elway, who turned 63, former NFL quarterback for the Denver Broncos, selected first overall. In the 1983 NFL Draft, out of Stanford, the Cardinal, two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 33 MVP, 1987 NFL MVP, 1992 NFL Man of the Year, three-time second-team All-Pro, 1993 NFL passing yard leader, 1990s All-Decade team, and a part of the NFL 100th anniversary all-time team, member of the Denver Broncos. Hall of Fame. Also, his number 10 retired by the Broncos. He was, of course, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame at Stanford. He was no ni- had a 1982. Unanimous All-American. Two-time Pac-10. Player of the Year. His number 7 is retired by Stanford as a member of the College Football Hall of Fame.
3: Well, and before Stanford, he was at Grenada Hills High School in Los Angeles. Go Highlanders. The Highlanders. That's a nice one. For John Elway, who turned 63 today.
1: Bradley Beal turns 30, current shooting guard for the Phoenix Suns, selected third overall in the 2012 NBA draft by the Washington Wizards out of Florida. Go Gators. Three-time All-Star, 2021 All-NBA third-teamer, 2013 All-Rookie team. At Florida, Beal was 2012, first-team All-SEC in high school. At Chaminade in Creve Coeur, Missouri, go Red Devils. As a Red Devil, Beal was 2011 Gatorade National Player of the Year, 2011 first-team Parade All-American, and 2011 McDonald's All-American. Bradley Beal turns 30 today. Mark Grace turns 59, former MLB first baseman, played for the Chicago Cubs and Arizona Diamondbacks, three-time All-Star, 2001 World Series champion with the Diamondbacks, four-time Gold Glove Award winner and member of the Chicago Cubs Hall of
3: Fame. From Tustin, California, Tustin High School, go Tillers. That's a new one for you, the Tillers. T i l l Tuscan Tillers. Tus Tustin. Tustin Tillers. Okay, well, that is a new one. That is. I like the, that one. The Tillers. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that means like a tractor driver that tills the dirt. Yeah. Maybe that's the only thing I could see of a tiller. There you go. Yeah.
1: Mark Grace turns fifty nine today. And Brandon Phillips turns 42, former MLB second baseman, played for the Cleveland Indians, Cincinnati Reds, Atlanta Braves, Los Angeles Angels, and Boston Red Sox, three-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove Award winner,
3: and 2011 Silver Slugger Award winner. Out of Redan High School, which is near Stone Mountain, Georgia, go Raiders. Brandon Phillips had uh, signed to play baseball and football at Georgia and turned it down to go to the MLB. So we got Raiders, Tillers, Highlanders, and uh, I missed the
1: maybe Bra- uh, Red Devils. Red Devils. Red Devils. Those well, are... I got to
3: throw, uh, throw two more in here because uh, on Mark Grace, I completely forgot. Uh, he started his college career at Saddleback College, go Bobcats, and then Whoa. finished up, uh, he transferred to San Diego State, go Aztecs. Aztecs. So there you All
1: go. All right. And there's the college for Mark Grace. Those yeah. are the birthdays in sports today. John Elway turned 63, Bradley Beal 30. Mark Grace, 59, and Brandon Phillips, 42. We're going to take our first timeout of hour number three, starting to wind down the show today. But of course, you want to give us a call, 334-887-3401 locally or toll free, 1 888 9 Tiger 9. We'll be right back after this timeout.
0: <laughs> Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn.
1: I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr.,
7: former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion. and You are listening to Sports Call on
2: Tiger 95.9.
1: Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Boy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Barry with you here on this Wednesday. Starting to wind down the Wednesday edition of the show. If you missed any of it, check it out on the Sports Call podcast brought to to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, coca Cola taste the feeling. Obviously, did not have a wacky Wednesday today. I'm honestly not sure if we'll have it next Wednesday either. Uh, we'll think about it. We If we don't have one next Wednesday, we will certainly have one the Wednesday after that. Also won't have a town named Tuesday next week either. Well, because that's we will not have a show at all yeah. next Tuesday for uh, Independence Day for the 4th of July. So uh, We will ha- operate all the other days next week. We'll have shows on Monday and Wednesday, but uh, no show in any capacity on Tuesday. So again, making you aware of that, although I'm sure everyone could have deduced that. But uh, no wacky Wednesday today. Starting to wind down the show a little bit. Let's talk briefly about the Braves. We we had the uh, Shohei Otani discussion a little bit earlier, the money that he might command. I think the Angels are in a decent position. This could change the next month that they won't have to trade him. There won't be a, uh, a trade deadline deal. Uh, it would be hard to think of something the Braves would need at the trade deadline if they get Max Fried and Kyle Wright back. I do want to put that if, that they, right. they do need those guys back. But once they get those guys back, it's going to be kind of hard to find something, guys. Now, 80 games in, 53-27. and 27. Uh, The math is simple. Once they play the next game, if they win it, they'll be on 108-win pace. If they lose it, they will be on 106-win pace. So uh, there is a lot of sunshine to pump here, as there should be with a team that good. But I will try to pick at something, guys. If there's one thing you're less sure about, if there's one thing that you would want to add or see improved the next few months, what would that be? What would you be worried about in terms of the Braves uh, making the World Series, what could prevent them from doing that? Um, maybe just
2: having a backup shortstop. We don't have a backup right now currently um, to uh, to Orlando Arcia. Um And then maybe just one more truly solid bullpen arm just because of how injured we are currently in, in the bullpen. Um, other than that, though, they, I mean, that's about it, really. That's all I can truly think of. Um, is just a backup infielder, a backup, you know, shortstop, and and um, mm-hmm. you know maybe a, a just an extra arm, just to to really shore up, and then you know that that way go in and you're able to ride that
3: out into a potential World Series. Tom, what about you? Anything to pick at? I mean, that that would prevent them from getting, or that they need is a. That-
1: yeah, I mean, either one. I either mean, one. If you want to talk about uh, some, just something that you
3: would be a little worried about. I, you know, honestly, the, my only worry is, are the teams around them. That That's my thing is who gets hot, who might get hot. Uh, right now the Mets stink. Yeah, Mets are bad. They are like, terrible. They're
2: like 16 yeah. games
3: back. But, man, their roster and their pitching staff and their roster is so loaded that it's like you, you have to think that they're going to make a run. I I just can't imagine the Mets as loaded as they are to be this bad all season long. Hmm.
2: If they're able to come back from something like this. That will well, definitely sure. be commendable.
3: But but the thing they is, they will uh, have
2: earned it. <laughs> sure.
3: But you know that that's my concern. I I really like what the Braves have, and yeah, there's some things that they need. They need a bullpen arm. Yeah, they need a backup there at shortstop. Uh, but I mean, it, it's such a solid. It's a ridiculously good lineup that just hits one through nine, and their pitching staff. Yeah, you got to get some guys back healthy. You know, I guess maybe the pitching staff and some in the bullpen worries me a little bit. But I mean, even they've done okay. So yeah, it's it's like I'm not even so much concerned about the Braves. It's the the teams around them, um, the teams in their division. uh, Can they hold everybody off in their division? The other thing is, once you start getting into the playoffs, you know, are the Braves? Can the Braves knock out the Dodgers? Can the Braves knock out, um, you know, somebody else? You know, uh, the Padres. They if they get their stuff going back, another team that's not doing as great, you know, as you would think with the lineup they have. But you know, I'm just, I guess, I'm just concerned about the teams around them. It's not so much the Braves. It's how good are the other teams, and can the Braves compete with them?
1: So, so really, nothing in particular that you feel needs a, a big
3: improvement. Basically, just I, the, I mean, other than in the bullpen, I mean, you you can't really I mean, you can't really say anything negative about anybody that is a, a field player as far as what they're doing in the field and at the plate. There's some guys that have you know not done the greatest. Uh, you know, uh, Riley has not had really the greatest season, but I mean, he's had games where he's.
1: He's been fine. He's
3: right. He 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 has not been all star caliber, but I mean, he's been fine. Um, You know, you've got two really good catchers. Both could very well make the all star game. Uh, You know, Darno could make it as a as a designated hitter. Murphy was like the top vote getter at catcher. Uh, Your outfield is solid your your infield is about as solid as you could ask for i i that's the thing it's like i i don't know what you could nitpick with the braves about unless it's just a little bit in the pitching staff with yeah. the bullpen
2: yeah and um i was also going to say iglesias has made me a, a little bit nervous sometimes just just right. sometimes down the stretch and and you know and getting those last three outs you know against the reds he almost he almost gave it gave it up um was able to get out of it but uh, I mean, they, they hit two home runs off of him and, and cut the lead from three to one real fast. So yeah. just, you know, he he's just been a little bit shaky over the last, you know, few outings. I would say the last maybe like four or five outings, maybe it's just been a little bit nerve wracking. He hasn't been near as just absolutely lights out i do think he'll be he'll be fine um but again we're just nitpicking so that's just something to stress about he still ends up getting the save or the win or or you know however i mean able to close it out um it's just those those little things where it's like oh my gosh he gave up a home run okay now that might spark something and and you know maybe blow a blow a save um I think he's only had one blown save opportunity so far this season. I think it was against yeah, the Tigers. It, um, it was.
1: I knew he blew one really early. It was one of his first three or four yeah. opportunities, and I don't know if he's blown one since. He's given up some <laughs> runs, but I don't know if he's given up one since. So other than that,
2: you know, uh, that that's really all I would have. Uh, that when you mentioned the bullpen, Tom, that's all. Uh, that's what I thought about. Immediately came to mind. Iglesias just as the closer. Right. Like, ah, oh, bro Sometimes you just give me a little hard tack. But other than that, no, nothing yeah. else. I think he'll find it. He'll be fine.
1: And I think the important thing here is, is that, um, those pitching problems, because again, I, there's, I was, I say it. there's nothing to nitpick about the offense. Now no. there's power throughout there. They've got a lot of hitters hitting upper two hundreds to even a couple hitting over 300. There's, there's, there's just nothing to nitpick about the offense. Now that Ozuna and Rosario and, and Harris have gotten it going. There's right. just, there's nothing to nitpick. Um, the pitching part of it, the starters is just so injury, injury related. Excuse me, where you've not had Kyle Wright, and Max Fried for a long period of time, and we knew this, and we talked about this when it happened over a month ago. We said, well, let's get to the first of July and and see where the Braves are, and then they might have to to scout and, and trade for some pitching in July. Well, <laughs> they're on hundred something win pace without them, so. Yeah. I do think they will have to find at least one of those one of those guys are going to have to come back and pitch well because playoff wise you are going to start to panic a little bit that yeah. you've got only like two or three guys that you like. But I think that uh, certainly, and for the regular season part of it, I think they're they're proving that it's okay. The bullpen, yeah, I, I, I think Iglesias is still good to go. When you have a three run lead, it becomes a one run lead. Right, that kind of dynamic is is a little too shaky. For, for anyone's comfort that's a will smith type of dynamic yeah but but uh overall you know i i think with the year he had last year and i think just kind of getting a late start this year because of the injury i'm not overly worried about it i agree though if we're nitpicking and that's what i asked you all to do then then that is probably where i would go to because i even think that the bullpen part of it is pretty pretty good place oh yeah like They've had a couple injuries, and everyone has. You know, McHugh missed some time. Chavez is missing some time right now. Dylan Lee, who you forget about as another lefty, has missed some time. Right. So it's kind of put a bigger load on a guy like Mentor, who has not been his best this year. And it's put a big load on a guy like Kirby Yates, who's been injured the last couple of years. So, you know, it's not the type of guy you want to run out there 70 or 80 yeah. times in a year. So I, I think that overall, I think they're still in a very good place. They just need – they need a little more health and, and I know that most teams can kind of fall under that category, but they've, they've been, they, I, I even like the mix of varieties and lefties they have when they do have Dylan Lee available. Cause Lee's a guy that can usually go four or five, six outs. He doesn't have to be just a specialist and, and then mentor is such a high leverage guy. So you do have a couple designated lefties in there. So, uh, I, I, again, it's, it's hard. It's hard to nitpick. It's, it's a beautiful problem to have. Uh, and yeah. look, that, that's why I wanted to talk about if there's something that can improve because, well, I mean, just about every day of the year, say for the Oakland athletics series, we could be, you know, shoot the breeze about how awesome it has been for the Braves. Mm-hmm. But um, I, again, I, I'm with you guys. I don't really know if there's much to much move to make at the trade deadline, certainly not a significant one, By the way, it's not like they have a ton of prospects right now, anyway. So, you probably this needs to be the time period where you're kind of replenishing some stuff. Weirdly, good start by Colby Allard today. I (laughs) want to shout that (laughs) out there. Very random. I was talking in the office earlier today. I just thought they'd get nothing from him today. His career ERA coming in to this afternoon was in the low sixes. Remember, he was a big-time prospect for the Braves four or five years ago. He went to Texas after he started to decline a little bit as a prospect. So they, they traded him for Chris Martin because Braves really need bullpen help mm-hmm. a few years ago. And then he pitched three or so years with the, with the Rangers, never really being able to be constantly with the team because he just was so damn bad most of the time. He had one year where he had ERA in the uh, high fours or low fives. But – uh, he had a seven and an eight, and it was just really bad. And so he comes back to the Braves in like a little uh, little deal here uh, earlier this year, um, and still age twenty five is back with the team that, that drafted him and was going to be a big prospect for. Him. I'm not going to fall into this illusion that he's all of a sudden going to turn into a real pitcher. But but uh, <laughs> you know he was good today four yeah. and two thirds. They, they he did only, his job. Yeah, they they. They pro- other guys, they certainly would have kept pitching, but with him, they weren't trying to stretch it. They just wanted seventy to eighty pitches, and they they got that. Uh, They did. They had a two nothing lead at that time, so they, they had two runners from base. They didn't want to ha- have him face the lineup the third time. So I get it. Frustrating for a starter to be pulled one out away from uh, aligning old, yourself yeah. to be a, okay. a winner, but again, that was even that worked out. I have <sighs> described that as a heat check because you're getting a career six ERA guy first big league start of the year. You don't give up a run in that game. Yeah. Like, Uh, I'll take it all day, every day. When it's right, it's going right for the Atlanta Braves right now. We're going to take our final timeout of the show. We come back, Nightly TV Guy, and we'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you're currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll
3: up the windows and turn up the radio.
0: We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call Tiger ninety five point nine, the Tiger down
3: FM How Tiger works. Communications. Ah, off make air, Ryan is just screaming at the TV, and then we're on air, and hey, uh, welcome make, back make to the make show. Out. Make <laughs> me laugh, Ryan. Welcome back to the show.
1: <laughs> All in like slightly good spirits. I'm not like cussing people out in anger.
3: I'm saying cuss words in a. I you're, mean, you're, like, cuss, you're cussing you're, out a sporting event that has already happened. Yep. Yeah, man. Previously, yep. but you are a UNC fan, and uh, yep. we we're watching the replay of the women's national uh, championship soccer game. Yep. And UCLA equalized it with like 30, 20, se- yeah, 20 16 seconds. Yes, <laughs> 16 seconds on a corner kick. US- UCLA uh, equalizes it. They ultimately end up winning this game in PKs. But yep. uh, yeah, Ryan was loudly in uh, adult content screaming yeah. at yeah. the television. Right up until it came on the air, and it was like screaming, Nothing screaming. Never happened. Welcome back to the oh, show. Tom, I've never said a curse word.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, ah. no, no uh, well. as far as the people listening to us know. And uh, look, I I just want to say this. You know, and usually you don't. I'm usually don't preface it this way, but he is my best friend. So you know, he you know, I'm just ribbing him. But see, this proves, guys that I do like all of North Carolina sports. I'm not just like a bandwagon basketball fan. My parents went to the University of North Carolina. Sure. So I'm a Tar Heel. But there's some people that used to sit in the seat that like the other school kind of nearby in Durham that's uh, just kind of like one or two sports from Duke, like the the good ones, like basketball. <laughs> it doesn't really care about Duke mean, our, football. It, they have a football team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they play in a concrete ball, and you know, just just not yeah. as loyal to
3: all, all the sports down the line. What with, with Duke. Yeah. so? What their what Duke Stadium's like a massive what twenty thousand seat stadium, <laughs> <laughs> something like
1: that. It is more than that, <laughs> but it is playfully small compared to. Others. I think it's about forty thousand. I think uh, really? Not not that they get that attendance there. I. Yeah. I Double check real quick that, before that we get that little tiny stadium seats forty thousand. yeah, I think so. Hang on, it may be in the thirties, but I I, I I feel pretty good about it being. Uh,
3: it doesn't even it side. doesn't
1: even go. On. Look at that, I, your boy it, was almost right on forty thousand and four. Oh. Again, they don't get that many people there, Tom. No, don't they, worry about they that. Get closer, They're in the they get, 20. They get yeah.
3: closer to the four than the 40,000. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
3: so that's the, the capacity is not attendance. You're just probably just the average. It doesn't even go there. all the way. Or, it doesn't even fully encircle their, their field. It's just like a, a horseshoe. It's, a it's single something. Deck, it's like a single-deck horseshoe. Yeah.
1: I, it gets kind of tall. Does it? Yeah,
3: but it's. It looks. I have been there. It looks not tiny for a game. on. It looks very tiny on television. Uh, the aforementioned uh, previous host
1: did take me on a tour of both Duke campus and Carolina's campus, and that's cool. Uh, I affirmed my beliefs on who is superior. Anyway, uh, we're down to just a minute or two
0: left in the show. Time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Calls nightly TV guide.
1: Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide, presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. 2023 NHL Draft tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Yes, we covered the NBA Draft last week. No, we did not cover the NHL Draft. That is because Bill Bailey's not on the show. If Bill had been on the show still, then we, we could have done a segment or two on NHL Draft. But and otherwise, made, I know nothing. And, and, and made a, fun of him <laughs> a lot. I don't, I don't know what's going on in the NHL Draft. So, But that's the night... You can find out what's going on 6 o'clock on ESPN. 6.30, FS1 and the Gold Cup, Jamaica versus Trinidad and Tobago. And then 8.30, it's not on the graphic, but 8.30, United States of America. They're back USA. in action. They really need it. And then uh, a couple movie picks, 6 o'clock on VH1, it's Forrest Gump. It kept running and running. On to 1917, oh, at 6 o'clock on Showtime 2. And then 16, or excuse me, it's 6.30. Yeah, it's not 16, and also military time would have been 18.30. But 6.30, Captain Marvel, that one on FX, and that is Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That will do it for the show today. Tom, thank you for being here today Absolutely. and throughout the week. We'll see you again on Monday. That's the plan. And then, Cam Barry, thank you for being on the show today we'll see you for a little while on friday yes sir see you friday and of course that will do it for the show today again we also appreciate uh tp hammock for uh board in the first couple hours for us and as always we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in for tom peavy and Barry. my name is ryan Mavoy have a great wednesday night and we'll talk to you again tomorrow